Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. The aftermath of the short-lived rebellion that pushed Russia to the brink of civil war and also bringing new questions. Is Vladimir Putin's iron grip on power in peril? In a meeting with Russian security officials tonight, Putin thanked them for their support. President Biden today breaking his silence, saying the West played no role in the mutiny. We gave Putin no excuse to blame this on the West or to blame this on NATO. Yesterday, I laid out very, very clearly by July 6th, because of the allegations from the IRS, because of the whistleblowers and the DOJ, are, are Garland, what he is saying and what David Weiss are saying privately are two different things. Right. And if it comes true what the IRS whistleblower is saying, we're going to start impeachment inquiries on the attorney general. Well, it, because, it, as a matter of fact, it shows that. So the most corrupt administration in history, he's a corrupt president. The Federal Highway Administration approved New York City's congestion pricing plan, which now clears the way for the city to begin charging drivers to enter Manhattan's central business district. This is the final hurdle that will allow the MTA to begin its first-in-the-nation congestion pricing plan, charging motorists a fee anytime they go below 60th Street. I decided I wanted theme music for now on when I come on. And another wacky day for Mayor Eric Adams. <laughs> you know, Mariano Rivera used to come out and he pitched for the Yanks. And every time Mariano Rivera would start pitching, well, before when he got to the mound at Yankee Stadium, they would play Enter Sandman by Metallica. You know, a lot of these players, you know them for their songs. Every player has one, every player. But you remember some of them. Well, Eric Adams now confusing his mayoral job with a baseball player seems to think every time he hits the stage, 
they should play that song, which is a great song. I love Jay-Z. I love Alicia Keys. And that is uh, the best modern-day New York song. Frank Sinatra, New York, New York is still probably the theme song. And then you've got Billy Joel. That's a pretty good one, too. New York State of Mind. But that one, Jay-Z, Alicia Keys, is great. And now Mayor Adams wants that song to be played every time he hits the stage, like if Rivera went to the mound or Aaron Judge went to the plate. So, Lou Rafino, before we get to some really serious stuff today, what are your thoughts on the mayor's newest suggestion? I think it fits. It does, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Of course. Yeah. If you're going to go insane... Go insane. Just go completely effing nuts, right? Yeah, just go insane. Yeah. There's not a day that goes by now that doesn't say something. I know. Something so wacky. Which does bring us to this, the latest piece put together by Chris Libertini. This is uh, just about a week ago, less than a week ago, when Eric Adams claimed that God spoke to him 30 years ago and told him he'd be mayor. New York. 2023, as a smoky smog previously encompasses the city with panic, the mayor of the city hears noises from above. God spoke to my heart. Is it the noise of an extraterrestrial being? No. He claims it's the word of God. This mayor's name is Eric Adams, and under his reign, he receives a holy message from the Twilight Zone. God spoke to my heart and said, you are going to be the mayor January 1st, 2022. God took the most perfectly imperfect person and brought him to a level of being the most powerful mayor in the city of New York. So don't confuse the issue, folks. You could have two major stories. And uh, if you really want to see just how divided our country is, media to be specific, all you had to do was watch 6 a.m. this morning, Fox News, which is still a lot more conservative, obviously, than CNN or MSNBC. Certainly not perfect, and Donald Trump is still angry at Brett Baer, but certainly a lot more conservative than the others. If you watched Fox News at 6 o'clock this morning and MSNBC at 6 o'clock this morning, you saw the difference going on in our country today. For example... Fox News started the show showing the headline of the New York Post where they talk about Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, putting together now an impeachment for the Attorney General Merrick Garland based upon the IRS whistleblower's statements, which is that Joe Biden knew every step of the way what his son Hunter Biden was doing and was making money. And Merrick Garland just didn't care. You know, we saw what happened last week with Hunter, tax evasion, gun charges. And as Donald Trump said perfectly, he basically got a traffic ticket. So that's Fox News, right? They are concentrating on Hunter Biden, on Joe Biden, impeaching the Attorney General Merrick Garland. That's how they start the show. They're still doing it. In fact, right now I'm watching Brian Ainsley and Ducey. And it reads, GOP investigates Biden's ties to Hunter's deals. Now go to MSNBC. What are they doing? Right now that ass-faced Willie Geis is talking to Chuck Rosenberg, no relation. And it reads, 
leaked audio of Trump discussing classified documents. Because now the tape is out where Trump talked about these documents that he did not, I guess, declassify with one of his staffers. So Fox News is all caught up in Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Merrick Garland, and MSNBC is all about Donald Trump. No like surprise, this. but there it is right in your face. I like this game, back and forth. You like that, go, right? Yeah, go back to them. Now let's see what MSNBC's doing. Oh, well, they're doing the same thing. They got, they got Trump up same there. Same thing. And now Fox News is talking about one of the hosts on The View defending Hunter's scandals <laughs> as a story of, quote, a father's love. I don't know which moron it was. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar, probably Sonny Hostin. She's the dumbest of all of them. No, she's dumb. Tell uh, Justin I want that audio. Which idiot on The View defends Hunter's Hunter. illegal actions? Illegal actions. Well, he's a son, so I don't understand. If his son's, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, th- these mistakes happen, and maybe he was just smoking a little. I don't know. So they asked uh, Biden again yesterday. Were you aware of your son's dealings? And he gave a one-word answer. It was no. And if you did miss the leaked audio recording of Donald Trump talking about the classified documents during a July 2021 meeting at Bedminster, here's what it sounded like. This would be Donald Trump, Lewis, cut number 22. These are bad, sick people. That That was your cue, you know. Against you. That's well, it started right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a kid. No, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying yeah. to overthrow your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Mm. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Look at I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm-hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. Look, look at this. You attack, and Hillary would print that out all the time. You know, send it, no, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it, and you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? He's in the papers. Oh, this was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out. A, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified yeah. it. Now I can't, you know, but this is yeah, close. Now, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. I mean, it's so. I'm look, we're here and I have a. And you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, it's, I believe It's incredible. It. Right? No, hey, bring some, uh, bring some cokes in, please. All right, so there it is. For me, folks, it's a big so what. But MSNBC still going with it. Leaked audio of Trump discussing classified documents. And uh, thank God Fox News, they went to a commercial break. So that brings us to uh, some local stories. And one of them is this congestion pricing story. Now, I drive, uh, in, I have a driver. I don't drive. 
but uh, I am driven into work every day. I've got Gene, I've got Levi, I've got all kinds of good guys. And I live in Queens, so my route is very simple. Belt Parkway West to the Gowanus to the BQE. No one wants to pay for the tunnel. It's too much money. Uh, to the FDR Drive to 42nd Street to 803rd Avenue. And most mornings it takes me about 35, maybe at the most 40 minutes, door-to-door my house at 4.15 in the morning to the studios here. But we heard about this congestion pricing deal from Witchy Kathy Hochul last year, and that is that New Yorkers traveling below 60th Street were going to pay a tax, and a pretty heavy tax. And we thought that was bad enough. But now it gets worse, because now they're adding another, and I believe this one is by the Brooklyn Bridge, which, again, we take every morning to get to the BQE, excuse me, the BQE to the Brooklyn Bridge to get to the FDR Drive. So, Noam Layden, he covered this in a big way between 5 and 6 this morning. Best news guy in the business. Give me, Noam, the specifics on this latest congestion pricing deal, which includes the Brooklyn Bridge area. So this was the final hurdle the MTA had to get through to get congestion pricing put in place. The Federal Highway Administration did a study, and then they had to sign off on it. So they did yesterday. So essentially... Uh, unless they can figure out legislation in New Jersey or something to block this, it looks like this uh, congestion pricing will be in place maybe as early as the spring of next year. And um, the plan, Sid, would be we would be charged. Uh, it's not clear if it's going to be 23 bucks, but some amount of money to drive south of 60th Street every day. The $23 is the number that's been out there for a couple of years. Not clear if that will be the final number. But whatever it is, there will be an additional toll to go below 60th Street, maybe as early as the spring of next year. So what is the new news about the Brooklyn Bridge? I'm confused. I, You know, so... A lot of this is up in the air, and we keep hearing rumors, and the MTA has not laid this out in any concrete format. So we don't know exactly who's going to be charged. We don't know who will get an exemption from being charged. Will taxi drivers get some sort of charge? Will you get a lesser charge if you go through one of the Hudson River crossings because you already paid a toll? Now, would you have to pay another toll? All that's up in the air. And the MTA, I think, has a plan, but they have not totally revealed it yet. All right, there you have it, folks. And, of course, another huge local story today. You know, if you listen to me every morning, we've been covering me, Curtis Sliwa, Frank Morano, and others. A lot of the candidates have come on this show, these city council races and, of course, the DA races. Today happens to be Election Day. Uh, Lou, are you going to vote today? I uh, Sure, it's on the docket. That's a no. That is a loud no from you. You know that the YMCA that I work out at every day just about in Rockaway, literally three blocks from your apartment, three blocks. I know it. That YMCA, you can vote down there. So why wouldn't you vote? Okay, I'm going to. You know, you're not going to. You don't care. You don't care. I care. You get mad at the mayor. You get mad at all these people. And this is what I said to uh, Marsha Kramer when I was on her TV show Sunday morning at 1130. I missed it, but I was on and she stopped me in the park and she said, why is it important to vote? And I said, there are two things why it's important. One is, as we speak right now, Marsha, there's a lonely kid with a gun in a cave in Afghanistan who misses his mom and dad, misses his, <coughs> excuse me, his brother and sister. 
and wants to be home watching the Yankees. But instead, he's defending our freedoms and our right to vote. That's the biggest reason why. The second reason why is New Yorkers love to bitch and complain. And if you don't vote, in my opinion, you lose the right to bitch and complain. You just do. If you don't play, you're out of the game. So when you consider those two things, Lewis, why wouldn't you vote three blocks from your apartment later on today? Well, I could give you a couple of theories. but Let me hear you one. Would, well, what if you don't agree with the system at all? That's the best you can do. That's it. That's our system. It's okay. still far and away the best system in the world. Far and away. And it's awful. And look, talk to Donald Trump. Talk to Carrie Lake. Yeah, She'll be do. here tomorrow, not today. They say it's corrupt. Okay. So? But it, that's the system we've got. All right. Okay. What's your second? I, I, I just always remember um, my grandmother was a delegate years ago. And she came back from a convention and said, everything's fixed. It's all fixed. Yeah. It's and all it was fixed. it? She, yes, she was. She oh. said that she was, it was some local person. Oh, you mean person. rigged fixed. Rigged. Ah, uh, rigged. got it. Right, 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 rigged. right. She said, forget it. Forget about voting. Just that don't was, even do it. And that was in the 70s. And, and just, that stuck with you. Yeah, I just always remember it. And I said, When Why was the last time you voted for president? I voted uh, last, I voted last time. Oh, you did? Years. Yes. For Biden? No, are you no, yeah, Come on, come on, come on. Are you kidding? Did you vote for Trump? I thought he shouldn't even be running. I know, but you hate Trump. It's lesser of two evils. Gotcha. That's All the right. way it is. And problem. that's the problem in the, in the country. <laughs> I understand. But one of the races that's getting a lot of attention, in fact, we had one of the candidates on, is the Queens DA race. And we had uh, the judge, George Grasso, on the show. You remember that. Very likable guy. In fact, when you go down to Bell Harbor and Rockaway, just about every store, bagel stores, retail stores, have a poster of George Grasso in the window. And he's going up against Curtis's ex-wife, the incumbent, Melinda Katz. Frank Morano, the very, very talented host of The Other Side of Midnight, he is knee-deep in all of these races. He was kind enough this morning to mention a few and cut some sound from me on this program here is Morano on this primary election of the Queens DA race. This, Lewis, is Frank Morano, cut number three. The other race uh, that I know you've been paying pretty close attention to is the race for Queens District Attorney, where there is a very, very active primary between Melinda Katz and Judge George Grasso. I would love to see Grasso win this race. He's exactly what Queens needs. He's exactly what New York needs as a prosecutor. And if you're a Democrat that is kind of fed up with the soft-on-crime approach of most of New York's DAs, vote for George. Grasso. That would be my wholehearted and solemn endorsement. Unfortunately, I think given the strength of the Queen's organization, Melinda Katz is a heavy favorite. We'll see where it goes. I'd love to be wrong, but I think Melinda wins pretty handily, probably with upwards of 60% of the vote. Although if I could, I'd vote for George Grasso twice. We'll see what happens. I'll be on tomorrow, hopefully, to help analyze the races. For anything that I get wrong, I am going to be totally ignoring. For anything that I get right, I'm going to be reminding people 900 times. <laughs> Frank Morano will join us at 6.40 tomorrow. And my dear friend, Corey Zelnick, tells me that only one sentence of the three minutes I cut with Marsha Kramer in that park on 73rd and Amsterdam last week, according to Corey, 
she only used one sentence. He said, there were a few snippets of you, but your good stuff was cut. There you go. Corruption. CBS. Corrupt. Corruption. Corrupt. Fake news. Well, thank you, Corey, for that. All right, big, big Tuesday show about to come your way. Once again, Carrie Lake was supposed to be here for an hour this morning, but that is now coming up tomorrow between 9 and 10 because my guy Sergio Gore, who happens to be the, the head of Winning Team Publishing, and they write Trump's books, Judge Janine's books, Carrie Lake's book out now. He's on a plane at 9 o'clock this morning with President Trump on the way to New Hampshire. So Trump and Gore back later on tonight, and that's put that puts uh, Sergio Gore and Carrie Lake in this studio between 9 and 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. So today's show, Curtis Lewa, as always, coming up at 7.05. The great Bo Deedle coming up at 7.40. We'll do Nuggets with Noam coming up at 8.25. My dear friend now out of South Carolina, Congresswoman Nancy Mace. She'll be on at 8.40. And how about this? Last night at a very popular steakhouse in Charleston, South Carolina, who joined Nancy Mace? My daughter, Ava. I'll have that story for you. And then live in studio, coming up at 9.05, one of the Republican candidates for president in 2024, California's very own Larry Elder. He'll be here at 9.05. The number is always one 800 848 WABC 1-800-848-9222 Election Day New York Go out and vote Lights is blinding Curse me blinders So they could step out of bounds quick The sidelines is lined with casualties Who sit the life casually and gradually become worse don't fight the apple eve, caught up in the in crowd. Now you're in style, and in the winter gets cold, in vogue with your skin out. City of sin is a pity on a whim. Good girls going bad, the city's filled with them. Mommy took a bus trip, now she got a bus out. Everybody ride her, just like a bus route. Hell Mary to the city, you're a virgin. And Jesus can't save you, life starts when the church in. Came here for school, graduated to the highlight. Ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight. Empty and made. Got you feeling like a champion. The city never sleeps, better slip you a champion. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hi, this is Gabriel Rosenberg. And while my dad may be number one in New York City radio, he sure isn't number one at home. Right, Mom? Yeah, but Gabe, Mom's not here. All right, Dad, then you are number one. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. 
Excuse me. That's my son, Gabriel Rosenberg. Big night for Gabe coming up tonight. Hopefully the weather holds out. I've been noticing the weather. I told you this a couple days ago. A friend of mine told me that we get three seasons in one day now. We actually get spring, summer, and fall every day. You know, it comes out, it's chilly in the morning, feels like fall. Then it gets hot. Then you get all this rain. But it seems like every night around 4 or 5 o'clock, it's sunny in Rockaway. Every night. And the rain goes away and comes back later on at night. I need that to be the case tonight when Gaby makes his basketball debut at St. Francis. His team, Sandbar, their first game of the summer season later on tonight. And Gaby is all excited. But right now the weather looks like it may be tricky. Uh, Noam, what do you know about uh, tonight's weather? What do you got for me? Anything? Um, so, uh, we have, yesterday we had all those severe storms in the afternoon, yeah. so we could get them again today, but you know, you just don't know where it's going to pop up. So we don't know for sure. You might be fine. Depends on where you are. Where is it? We, uh, we live in Bell Harbor, far Rockaway, Rockaway beach, not far Rockaway, no Rockaway beach, right? Rockaway's it's far side. from here, but it's, it's Rockaway <laughs> beach. Yeah. You know how it is at the beach, right? One thing flows in, it flows. Yeah. We never out. get rain in the afternoon. Almost never. So hopefully that'll be the case tonight. Yeah. What, right. Is this an outdoor basketball game? Outdoor, yes. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, a lot of people show up right there on the courts at 129th, I believe. That's the right yeah, across the street from the church. Okay, I didn't know it was outside. Yeah, either. tons of people are coming tonight. Mike Sullivan and a cast of thousands to see Gabriel make his debut. So hopefully, the uh, the weather will hold out. I do want to play a couple of these uh, Donald Trump cuts? Trump was on with Eric Bowling on Newsmax last night and uh, did a very very good job as always, but. He found a way to blast Brett Baer. Now, you guys remember when he was on last week with Brett Baer on Fox News, I played the cuts the very next morning, and I was very, very critical of Brett. I understand that Fox News is no longer the lovey-dovey TV station for Trump. A lot of those guys want DeSantis, and really outside of Sean Hannity, I guess Jesse Waters, maybe Laura, she's on later, I have no idea, There's a bunch of folks at Fox News that are not really pushing for Trump. And yet, I think Brett Baer is one of those guys, obviously. But Trump still went on with Brett Baer last week, and he made the point to bowling last night that the interview was kind of nasty. Here's Donald Trump. This would be uh, Lewis cut number 19. When I did the the, uh, interview with Brett, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay, but there was nothing friendly about it. You know, it was nasty, and I thought I did a good job. I've been given credit for doing a good job, but I've also, people said, why would you do it? Because it was really, you know, everything was like an unfriendly. It was always, everything was unfriendly. No smiling, no uh, let's have fun, let's make America great again. Everything was like a hit. So, you know, you have a hostile network and you have people that are obviously their candidates are against you and uh, they therefore are being hostile. If you're leading by 30, 40 or 50 points, what's the purpose of really doing it? All right. We was done bashing Fox News, trumping on to talk about his resume, whether it was oil prices, his oil policy, the economy, all without argument for the better part of three and a half years. Great under President Donald Trump. This, Lewis, would be Trump 
Cut number 20. They were paying people yep. to store oil because Donald Trump's oil policy, bar none, the strongest the country's ever seen. We got the gasoline prices down to $1.87. Actually, we had periods of time where it was less than that. People were happy. We had the greatest economy in history. In history, there's never been an economy like we had going. And then you, had, you got hit by China's gift to us, okay, COVID, or the China virus, as I call it, because it's a much more accurate name. We get hit by that. And we brought it back, and the stock market was higher. When I left, it was higher than pre-COVID. I mean, if you think about it, it was a miracle, the job we did. We actually did it twice. But there's never been an economy the likes of which we built. We had something, every single group of people, black, white, everybody, Hispanic, women, men, everybody was at the top of the line. Whether you had a high school diploma or you graduated Number one in your class from the Wharton School of Finance. Uh, everybody, everybody was was doing well. It was an amazing period of time. Yeah. And I think that's why my poll numbers are so high, because people want it back. And going back to the Fox News conversation I mentioned just moments ago, a lot of the guys and girls on Fox News are not even subtle, very clearly pushing for Ron DeSantis. And Trump made that point with Eric Bowling last night as well. This is Donald Trump, Lewis, cut number 21. They're pushing him, but they're stopping now because he's just not a good candidate. When he came to me, he was losing very badly. When I endorsed him, it was like a, like a bomb went off. It was like a rocket ship after I endorsed him. But he was a bad candidate. I call it artificial. When, uh, when, he, when those numbers went up, that was artificial. He's a bad candidate. He's not good. Uh, people don't like him, and that's uh, been proven to be the case. But Fox is pushing him, and they're not getting anywhere. They were pushing Jeb Bush with me. They were pushing Jeb. You remember Jeb? Whatever happened to Jeb? But he had a lot of money. He had a lot of everything. He had Foxes. Uh, they were pushing him like you can't even believe. As much as they push the sanctimonious right now, and uh, I would say Jeb didn't do too well. And Jeb and, and Ron are very much like each other. You know, in fact, Jeb sat right next to Ron during his uh, inauguration. Yeah, both from the state of Florida. Low energy Jeb. It's my guy Donald Trump once again. Wheels up at 9 o'clock this morning for Trump on the way to New Hampshire. We will have Donald Trump back on this show around the second week of July. Traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from the other side of midnight. My guy, Frank Morano. Here, Frank talks with Dr. Robin Hansen about AI. What is it in your view? Is AI the greatest thing ever or is AI the thing that will kill us all off? Well, I suppose neither. <laughs> it's making progress and that's great. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to benefit from it. We're a long way from AI being able to take all human jobs and even much farther from AI killing everyone. So I think we should just go the co- stay the course and continue to develop it and see where it can go. 77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
Psychedelic Furs, Putty in Pink at 645 on your Tuesday morning, back on Sid and Friends in the morning. Talking about psychedelics, psychedelic furs there. The Jets, you know, folks, I was at that Celebrity Golf Classic yesterday. Did spend a little time with Michael Strahan, who started out very nice and then became a dick in 30 seconds. Wow. Yeah. Gave me a big hug, talked about my tan, and then he asked to take a picture to promote for the site because I was at this event yesterday. He's like, boom, 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 boom. don't be grabbing at me. I, I you know, I'm, I got to get through the day. You know, I'll get to you when I get to you. I'm like, hey, Mike, see ya. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, wow. <laughs> you think I'm impressed with Good Morning America? A bunch of anti-American, anti-patriot, backstabbing scumbags? <laughs> you think I'm impressed with your 22 sacks 100 years ago? Give me a break, 92. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. But the Jets are getting ready to start this epic new season, and uh, they are the first Monday night game of the year. And it just so happens the Monday night game this year, the opening week, is 9-11. September 11th, and the Jets will take on division rival Buffalo in New Jersey. The night after, mind you, September 10th, the Giants will host the Dallas Cowboys in the same stadium. But, of course, there's renewed interest and renewed enthusiasm in the New York football Jets who have not been to and or won a Super Bowl since Super Bowl III when Joe Namath beat the Baltimore Colts in 1969. But now Jet fans, even Joe Beningo, who is the most uh, most pessimistic, Jets suck, Jets suck, even he thinks the Jets could be very good this year. So Rodgers comes after this brilliant career in Green Bay, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but he's a complete psycho. He goes on these retreats, tries to find himself. So over the weekend, Jet quarterback Aaron Rodgers was at a psychedelic, talking about the psychedelic furs, a psychedelic science convention in Denver. And he actually admitted in public how doing psychedelics make him a better person. Now, me... I've got a very rich drug history. I'm not proud of it. I'm also not embarrassed. I wish I hadn't done it. I would advise every young child out there, if given the choice, don't fall to peer pressure. Don't do it because it did help ruin my life for the better part of three decades, two rehabs and two jail stays later. But I never liked psychedelics. I didn't like pot either. I was a speed guy, cocaina. But uh, Rogers, he loves the psychedelics. And he maintains it made him a better person. You can't make this up. Jet quarterback Aaron Rodgers, this Lewis, is cut number 23. When you find that edge and surpass it and create a new edge, you're creating in the in-between a beautiful new piece of life and energy and love. Oh, my God. And divine guidance <laughs> comes in. It really changes your life. <laughs> why didn't wow. We, why didn't we hear about this? When he I don't know. Because oh, he was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So he couldn't talk Not about it? Not a lot it? of media there. Okay. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to New York, and now he's taking Listen, second. Listen, I don't care. It was kind of like Lawrence Taylor. Nobody cared if he did three eight balls Saturday night. Just go out and sack Jaworski three times on Sunday afternoon, which he did. So nobody cares. 
how much pot you smoke, how much coke you do, how many psychedelics you do. Just go out there and win. Bro, just get me into the end zone. Right. However you do it. That's it. That's it. All no, about winning. That's I don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> I want wins. I want, wins. I want the Super Bowl. Well, this that's what, uh, that's what, believe it or not, to make the smooth transition, talking about wins, that's what Inna Vernikov wants in her city council race in Brooklyn today. That's what Inez Dickens wants. That's what George Havernack wants. So when you get to uh, these other two pieces that Frank Morano did for us this morning on the city council races, again, folks, you vote today. Go vote today for your city council folks, your DAs, all those races. Here uh, he talks about this Bronx race once again. Curtis coming on at 7.05 had a very, very serious interaction with Mike Rendino talking about the Bronx yesterday. And Morano talks about uh, the Bronx race. I believe that's the 13th district right here. Frank Morano, cut number one. Sid, there are some interesting races to watch in New York City. It's primary day, and I know a lot of people probably voted early in the nine days of early voting. Not really. Substantial taxpayer expense for the primaries. Oh, that's right. Almost no one voted early, and yet we still had nine days of early voting for an election that nobody is showing up to. All right, there's a couple of races to watch today. Let's look at the 13th City Council District in the Bronx. This is a district that goes from Throgsneck to City Island, and it has the most candidates running for it in any primary, four Democrats and three Republicans. One of those Democrats is the incumbent, Marjorie Velasquez, who has faced fierce criticism in the area for switching her position on some rezoning issues. And she is getting a major boost in support from large local unions. She's probably going to win because of that, but it's no guarantee. Now, this is an interesting district because this is a a district that Curtis Lewa ran and won in when he ran for mayor, and this is a district that Lee Zeldin won when he ran for governor last year. So that makes it one of the districts that a Republican could eke out a victory. So, on the Republican end of things, you are seeing Mike Rendino's sister, Christine Marmorato, as the favorite. She's endorsed by the local Bronx Republican Party, but you have the candidate Curtis Lewa is backing George Havernick, and you have uh, Samantha Zerka, who's been a great guest on the Sid and Friends in the Morning Show. We'll see where it goes, but this is going to be competitive in the general election as well. All right, so there you have it. A look at that race coming up in District 13. Another very interesting race as uh, one of these kids, the Exonerated Five, we call them now. These uh, kids that went wilding in the park, and on my birthday, April 19th, a young lady jogging was raped uh, there is no question of those kids, if they didn't rape her, at the very least, were causing all kinds of problems in the park. They weren't good kids. And one of those kids, Yusef Salam, is running in Harlem up against Inez Dickens. And when you hear who Yusef Salam is being endorsed by, you may understand why he's been a scumbag since he's a kid. With this Harlem City Council race, here is more of Frank Morano. 
The race that everyone's going to be talking about from now until next January is the race for this wide open council seat in Harlem. The incumbent Democrat Kristen Richardson Jordan, a Democratic socialist, abruptly dropped out of the race in mid-May. Now, her name is still on the ballot, but she's not campaigning actively, and it's leaving three other Democrats to duke it out for her job. The candidates are Assembly Member and former City Council Member Inez Dickens, who won this seat previously and held this seat previously, and one of the so-called exonerated Central Park Five, Yousef Salam, and Assembly Member Al Taylor. Now, because of ranked choice voting, you have Al Taylor and Yousef Salam cross-endorsing each other. They're encouraging voters to rank them first or second using ranked choice voting in an effort to knock Dickens out of the race. Dickens has been running a very different type of race. She's been running on much more of a, an old-school law and order platform. She's the candidate with the longest record of service, and she's made an issue of the migrants and the homeless issue, which the other candidates have not. Salam has tried to position himself as the progressive choice. Now, the Daily News wrote over the weekend that there are some serious questions about his campaign finance spending, and he may have actually violated the limits regarding what you're actually allowed to spend. Much more alarming, though. As reported in the New York Post over the weekend, he has been touting the endorsement of Imam Siraj Wahaj, a really despicable America hater who, in addition to being an unindicted co-conspirator in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, was also a character witness for the guy that actually masterminded that bombing, Sheikh Omar Abdel Rahman. Think about that. Wahaj has defended the convicted World Trade Center bomb plotters and disparaged the FBI and the CIA as the real terrorists. And while he was vice president of the Islamic Society of North America, Wahaj was accused of urging his followers to overturn the U.S. system of government and set up an Islamic dictatorship. That is whose endorsement Yousef Salam is touting in this campaign. But it's not just him. It's people like Louis Farrakhan who are all over photos with Yousef Salam. And I think that really gives you a sense of the disparity between these two candidates. In my view, uh, Inez Dickens is clearly a superior candidate, and she is much more of an old-school conventional Democrat And I think Yousef Salam would be genuinely dangerous to give him a voice in how the city is going to be spending $100 billion. I shudder to think at what uh, he's going to be seeking to spend money on. Oh, that's a nice little hit job, which I loved. I'm aroused by Frank Morano on Yousef Salam. Great job on my good buddy, the host of The Other Side of Midnight. He's really terrific, Frank Morano, telling you he thinks Curtis's ex-wife, Melinda Katz, will beat my choice and his choice, George Grasso. He thinks Inez Dickens will beat Yousef Salam and Al Taylor. And he does think Mike Rendino's sister will win that race with Curtis's candidate, Havernick, and Samantha Zerka, who's been in these studios with me twice. All right, I've got a lot of great guests coming your way. So much to talk about once again. The tape has been leaked. Donald Trump talking about classified documents. The New York Post is reporting. Kevin McCarthy is ready to impeach Attorney General Merrick Garland. And Joe and Hunter Biden, their corrupt criminal family, is back on the table. It's another day. That means more craziness. 
out of Mayor Eric Adams. <laughs> that doesn't stop. No day, no time, and all the sports you need as well. Plus, my daughter Ava having drinks last night with a big-time congresswoman in Charleston, South Carolina, who will join me coming up at 840. Keep it right here, the Tuesday edition of your favorite talk show in New York. That's me, Sid Rosenberg. Rolls on. We're back right after this. Sid and friends in the morning. What you say? Just a friend. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oh, hey! You got, you got to pay back. Revenge. I do want to congratulate my guy, Justin Ellick. My protege, I'm grooming him to be a big-time sports guy. Grooming? Wait, that's not a laugh. Well, not the grooming that we oh, had. Oh, okay, I see. The guy on last week, right? Right. No seriousness, I, I tried to help you, and most of the time you do listen. And you've gotten very good with the updates, very good. Hmm. But John Minko sent me a happy anniversary message. Not right. funny, Lou? That's a John Minko. John Minko. <laughs> so, Alec, what struck me about your last sports report is... Connor McDavid, I mean, I can't believe this kid's won three hearts already. 106, excuse me, 153 points this year in Edmonton, 64 goals. You have to go back to 95-96 when Mario Lemieux had 161 points for the Penguins. That's a long time ago mm-hmm. to find a year, almost 30 years ago, like Connor McDavid had in Edmonton this year. So it's not the Oilers that I grew up with, Gretzky, Messier winning Cubs every year. No one really follows the Edmonton Oilers now. But this kid, Connor McDavid, is so far and away the best player in the NHL and easily three hearts, one of the all-time greats, that outside of the real diehard hockey fan, nobody talks about. Yeah. Right? He almost went back-to-back-to-back. He was second in the hard vote last year. But yeah. I had four. Yeah. And he's like 25 years old. He's going to have, he's going to have at least, in my opinion, like five or six of them. He's an unbelievable player. All right. Talking about unbelievable and great. My guest every weekday this morning. This is a huge favorite of the former WABC and ESPN program director, Tim McCarthy. He loves this segment. Told me that yesterday. Curtis Lewa, of course, gets huge ratings every weekday, noon to one. He owns the weekends here in New York City. And he makes this show a lot better with his daily 705 appearances. Here he is, my main man, Curtis Sliwa. Good morning, Curtis. Hold on. Yeah. Tim McCarthy from Pearl River, the Irish Riviera, yeah. right in Rockland County, That's where right. you often go to that Italian restaurant. Joe yeah. and Joe. Yeah, Joe and Joe. All yeah. my boys are there, Rocco, Stevie. Yeah, hey, uh-huh. They hate you. How many, years, how many years since they got out of prison? Don't all right? worry about it. All right. So because they'll, they'll gladly go back to kill you. Of course. <laughs> Take take a take a bakery ticket and go online. But anyway, Tim McCarthy, yeah. who does not believe in birth control, like most Irish Catholics, 
Okay. He's got all these kids. He has me coming on after Warner Wolf at ESPN, you know, mid-morning, Saturday. I'm doing Yankee Med Talk. And the boys in Bristol tell, hey, Tim, uh, you like paying for your kids? You like having your family, you know, paying your mortgage? He said, absolutely. You better fire Slee when fire him now. But he didn't do it because yes, he, he did. Was, he fired me, of course. Oh, my God. Whether it came to his 10,000 kids, you know, <laughs> and following the leprechaun for a pot of gold, so he sacked me. So thank you, Tim McCarthy. Well, he loves you now with me. Yeah, of course. But and by the way, speaking no. of sports, yeah. oh, my God, Joe Nolan, always half in the bag when he does these jet games. What are you going to do now? You heard your hero, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm not going to be number 12 <laughs> like Joe Willie. I'll be number eight. Yeah, eight tabs at LSD, <laughs> peyote shrooms. He sounded like Dr. Timothy Leary really this past did. weekend. That was wacky. Can you imagine? He's in the huddle, right? Against the Bills. Yeah. 9-11, right? That <laughs> night, MedLife. Make peace, not war. No, no, don't break his leg. Don't do an uh, LT on Joe Dyson. No, 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 no. We must all come together. Drop acid. Peace, love, and happiness. Remember, he's a graduate of UCAL Berkeley. Yes, he is. They're all freaks and hippies up there on Telegraph Hill. I know, but we don't care. He can go out there and do all the tabs he wants, just like LT. Do all the cocaine you want. Just get Jaworski, get Dyson. Same thing with Rogers. Find Garrett Wilson. Find Alan Lazard. Beat a way to beat uh, Josh Allen. You know. And the Bills on Monday night, and we don't care how much I LSD know, I you know. do. In well, the meantime, I did you a solid. Yeah. I did not, when I was on with you while you were there at Ohika Castle, mention have they solved the unsolved shooting of their owner, Gary Melius, uh, back in 2014 when a guy gets out of a, a, a Chief Cherokee with a fedora on, like right out of the Godfather. <laughs> bang, 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 right under his eye. Almost killed the guy. Thank God he survived. And the Suffolk County uh, detectives out there, you know, well, uh, which way did he go? They have video. How come they haven't solved that yet? I didn't ask that question yesterday. You well, should why have. did they shoot him? Who was after him? Well, well let's face it. A guy gets <laughs> out of a, a cheap <laughs> Cherokee with a fedora on. You've been enough of these mob yep, movies. Yep, yep. And, and, hey, look. You're at Gravesend, right? I am. That's everything about Gravesend. Oh, listen. Half the people walk around with fedoras while they're carrying toolies. You're right. We've got uh, the big red carpet event coming up Thursday night on Long Island. In fact, now that you brought it up, if you go to my Instagram this morning, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, or my Facebook, Sid Rosenberg, a very cool promotional photo. It's going to be a poster of me and Andrew Dice Clay filming a scene together in Miami. Uh, this was uh, two years ago. A uh, really cool poster. He plays Ronaldo. I play Dave Busco. And there's a likelihood that the season two will start on Amazon Prime Friday night. If not, it will start Monday night, July the 3rd. But after two-plus years of COVID, the long await is over. Gravesend season two now just days away. I will not show up on that red carpet. Why not? at the end of it, they'll wrap me up in the red carpet <laughs> and I'll be floating in the Long Island no, Sound with you. five bullets no, in the back of my the head. The one you got to worry about is the movie which they originally called Gemini Lounge. They had to change that. Yes. Now that movie is going to be called Inside Man. It hits theaters all over the country August the 11th. Those are the guys oh, that want you dead. Let me tell you something. But I gave uh, Bo Dito you know, part of our family. Yeah. Stellar five-star yeah. rating. Boy, both deals in both. That, Gravesend and yeah, yeah, Inside. I haven't seen Gravesend. He's great. But I'm telling you, in Gemini Lounge, which has now been renamed, 
he plays uh, a cop in charge of a unit as well as I've ever he's, seen. He's the chief. And anyway, it, he was great. Five star. Yes. Top shelf. We're talking Oscar nomination here I for supporting actor. I agree. Actor. He was great. Anyway, great. Wait, we keep the family together here. But <laughs> I'm not going to go to that family premiere of Gravesend. Okay. I enjoy my life a little too much. Okay. I've used eight of my lives. Meantime, you were talking to Doug Marone, the great coach. Uh, yeah, I want to hear about this. He went to Lehman High School. In the Bronx. In the Bronx, which is like little Albania now. I was right across the street yesterday. I stopped at the diner. I hadn't eaten all day. And I said, gee, uh, I should have brought it up to uh, Sid yesterday. The Doug, he's going there. They had a lot of top-flight football stars who went on to the NCAA. He did the very best. They built a football field for $5 million. The DOE, dumbest organization ever, Department of <laughs> Education, $5 million on a new field, and it was 80 yards. 80 Only yards. 80 yards? That's it, 80 Swear yards. Swear to God. Swear to God. Swear to God. New York Times, all the papers covered it. It was such an obvious act of corruption, of getting wine time pocket line. So they never could play a home game. All of their home games Stop had to it. be played. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for folks that don't know about football, football fields are 100 yards. For some reason, this field, I've never heard this before, was only 80 yards. And you're claiming why? What was the reason? Well, the crooks at the Department of Education, dumbest organization <laughs> ever, right, had taken all the graphs. They spent the $5 million and they said, well, it's the Army Corps of Engineers that wouldn't give us the next 20 yards. The Army Corps of Engineers actually spoke from the Pentagon. Said, that's bull feathers. You guys are corrupt. You built a football field for $5 million at Lehman that Doug Marone and all the players who were, like, busting their rump to get into the NCAA, you know, whether it's level four, two, three, one. And they had never had a home game. Wow, all I didn't know their that. Games, they had to play at D. with Clinton where the guys wanted to kill him, you know. They had to play at South Bronx High School, you know, where guys were coming at him with knives. Those were their home games. I had no idea. That's oh, a great story. Oh, That's a great story. He's a very, it. very nice guy. And uh, right now he's the offensive line coach for the New Orleans Saints, but he's had co head coaching jobs in Jacksonville with the Jaguars and Buffalo with the Bills. Very, very nice guy. That's a, a great story. But by the way, uh, you got to get Dove Hyken on. He was so spot on. Yesterday, your mayor, not mine, Mayor Adams announced the creation <laughs> of New York City's first Jewish advisory council. They had like 40 machas, including the Askers. So Joe Potashnik, his lips sealed on his tuchus. They're all the Jews. Oh, he's the best. He's the greatest mayor of all time. What are they going to advise him on? It's just like Dove Hyken said. They all get together. They have their minion, and they do nothing. You got to get Dove Hyken on to discuss uh, well, we'll get Dove Hyken on tomorrow. Uh, Curtis brings up a great point. In fact, maybe even later on today in the 9 o'clock hour, I'll book him for 925. And, you, you know, you call him my, my dear friend. I have to be honest. We have had zero conversation since the night I went to Gracie Mansion with the lovely Danielle. You're going back about three weeks ago to end Jewish Heritage Month. I've texted him two or three times, including to wish him a happy Father's Day. He has not gotten back to me, not once. And maybe he's becoming increasingly aware that we play comedy bits every morning, making fun of the fact that he's literally going off the deep end, including conversations with God. Maybe he's pissed. I don't know. But and, at this point, and the cool him, good friends, that's and, a and introducing the other day after he played Jay-Z. Now yeah. he has uh, uh, yeah. entrance yeah. music, right. right? Like he's Derek Jeter, you know, right. getting into right. the batting box number two. Well, the one I think of is Mariano Rivera, Enter Sandman by Metallica. Yeah, yeah. 
But he introduced his new health advisor, medical health advisor, Fat Joe. Fat Joe. Who started talking about the Amish. Oh, you can't make And it everybody up. was laughing. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Hey, he's got this guy crazy. is wigged out. I want to give uh, props to Scott Lebedo, the performance artist from Staten Island. He went with four boxes of pizza, pizza pies baked in coal and wood-fired ovens, and threw them over the gates at City Hall. And the rats started coming out and started to take the slices of pizza away. I know. And he got a ticket. He said, give me pizza or give me death. This is New York. New York is nothing without pizza. We're going to cover that story coming up at 725 because not that long ago I did commercials for Anthony. Anthony Bruno, who of course uh, owns the very popular restaurant Runway 84 in Fort Lauderdale, but now has Anthony Colt-Fired pizzas all over Florida and New York. And he had two spokesmen way back when when he started those places, me and Dan Marino. And I did his commercials on the fan. We will get to that story audio from Scott Lebedo, Eric Adams, and from Barstool, Dave Portnoy. Mm. And let me give credit where credit is due. Bo Dito did an amazing job in doing a deep dive uh, on the uh, Republican uh, county chairman who just completely lost his cool Oh, my yesterday. God, Jennifer Harrison is still so mad at you. She's like, why do you let Curtis Sliwa come on the air every day and lie about Mike Rendino? Well, and let- then she says that you, you kind of uh, intimated yesterday she's just some ditz out of Shirley Long Island, and she was no. angry about that, too. No, no, I just said she's not aware of what's going on right, in the Bronx. Right. I did say that. I said Curtis did not say anything offensive about you, Right. but she took it that way. Well, look, this is a political battle. <laughs> you know how these things go, especially Bronx style, wild style. So I go to Bronx GOP headquarters on Williams Bridge yesterday. You saw the pictures. I was on the, the pickup truck. Come on out, vote for George Havernack, you know, city council election. You know, so far, a bit dismal showing all over the city. Yeah. I'm pumping the microphone. People are saying, yo, I listen to you on Sid every morning. High five, Sid, Sid. Even the Albanians yeah. right there in Morris Park. Oh, they Park. love me, the Albanians. So all of a sudden, we show up at Bronx GOP headquarters, right? It's for all members of the Republican Party. I'm a Republican. We do a video outside. And who do you think comes out like the raging bull? Well, I would never say Mike Rendino because you tell me he's never there. He's only in Garden City. He came busting out no. Mike Rendino. Yeah, Uh-oh. he's dropping the F-bomb on me. And then he said, I'm going to sue you for defamation. And right there, I listened to you when you were talking about the uh, the Central Park Five, the guy Salam, who's running for city council, who's backed by your mom, Siraj Wahaj, an unindicted co-conspirator of the first attack of the World Trade Center, who sued me for $5 million. You know what I told Mike Rendino? Get a ticket from the bakery, get online, and sue me, pal. But the that, guy tried to sue me for $5 million and lost with five, that five guy, Yousef Salam? The same guy, Imam wow. Siraj now, Wahaj. Well, he's the one who sued oh, me. Oh, he's the one. So so why, if Mike Rendino is such a tough guy, and uh, look, uh, you and I and uh, Samantha Zerk, I've really kicked his ass on this show for quite some time. Why didn't he actually come up to you and, and physically go after you? What's with the, I'm going to sue you? That's such a pussy move. Yeah, well, yeah, he was getting... He, he He's doing what I call in the streets the chicken dance. You know, guys, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yo, yeah. man, I'm right. going to knock you right. out. Right. You know, right. Right. Come yeah. on. I've had that a thousand times in jail, <laughs> in the streets, gang wars, all that, please. But he was oh, like, wait a second, but he can't sue you because, as far as I know, hanging around attorneys like Takapina, Danielle, like Dollar Dershowitz, Goldman, and others, uh, you can't sue somebody if, in fact, they're telling the truth. 
Because well, then you could be in trouble. Well, he'll probably hire one of those attorneys to sue me since I've disparaged him. <laughs> probably Artie Idala, right? Hey, Artie, you're riding the subways any longer? You think it's good out there? So anyway, he's going absolutely nuts. So I do the video. We post that. We go on our way. I continue to rock the mic until about 9 o'clock at night. So, ladies and gentlemen, look, this is an important election. I just want to say this on behalf of all candidates, whoever they are, whether I like them or not. They work hard. They go door to door. They're treated like Mormon missionaries and Jehovah Witnesses. Slam the door. And they shouldn't. I mean, I tell people this all the time. Justin Brennan, for example, who's going to win today and will keep a much uh, closer eye on the Republican side with our friend Ina Vernikov going against that Russian guy. That guy's responsible, as far as I know, Curtis, for like $100 billion. That's not a small job. Yep. Yeah, and, and by the way, uh, they work hard. Get out and vote. But I got to give props to Bo Tito. He's the one who investigated Mike Rendino, and Rendino admitted on tape yesterday, yeah, I live in Garden City, and I own two properties in the Bronx, and legally I can do that. Oh. Oh. Can he? Well, well <laughs> we got him on tape now. <laughs> yeah. It's like Donald Trump with the classified documents. Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> Bo did a great job. Look. Uh, Rendino is upset because he was like Kim Kardashian. Wherever he went, he was like on the red carpet because Bo and his associates, they had satellites covering yeah. this guy wherever oh, he yeah, went. No. And plus Great he's getting, job. He's getting creamed on this show every morning, but he may he may be able to, Curtis, and you don't want to hear this, to exact the best revenge later on tonight because right now it looks like his sister is going to win that race, yeah, maybe uh, who, even easily. Who are you depending on? Frank Morano, the mama? Uh, Morano knows his stuff. He's very, very good. He couldn't even find his way to Morris Park and Throg's neck <laughs> with a GPS. Are you kidding? If it ain't Staten Island, he don't know anything about it. But, but, but wait, but if, if the sister wins, if Christie wins, now you have to apologize to Frank because you're disparaging him because he didn't pick your candidate to win. So if Christie wins, no. you have to apologize no, to I Frank. Don't. I'll tell Frank, sue me. Go ahead, get online. <laughs> Take a bakery ticket. And by by the way, full page ad today. Remember how I used to be on the other side of Frank Morano? Yes. I'm now ahead of Frank Morano. I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. So I did notice that. Stop kissing his tuchus too, Sid. You got to kiss my tuchus when it comes to another side of midnight well, on wait, the wait weekend. Wait a second. Uh, Frank Morano is on this show once a week. Curtis Lewa is on this show five times a week. Who gets their ass kissed? Uh, okay, you're correct. <laughs> yeah. But let's do this in solidarity, no matter who wins tonight. And I want people to vote for George Havernick, obviously, in the Bronx. Eric Kagan in Brooklyn, because we want him to take on that evil one, uh, Justin Brandon. Are those the two races that you're most... Uh, yes. Okay, those yeah. two. You yeah, want well, Kagan and Incredibly uh, important. Yeah. But we got to come together. you got to speak to Bo. got to speak to Frank. we got to bring the family together. Your lovely Danielle. We gotta get de Blasio and his wife Charlene. They stole one and a half billion dollars that was supposed to go to these emotionally disturbed persons. We know it's either, the money is either in Switzerland, it's in Panama, it's in Antigua, Cayman Islands, or it's stuffed in the mattresses while they're smoking their Maui Waui and Hindu Kush <laughs> on 11th Street and 7th Avenue where they have two, count them, two brownstones. We want that money. And we want that money to go where it was meant to go to help these poor, emotionally disturbed persons who are a danger to themselves and everyone else. I mean, if that was the case, maybe a guy like Jordan Healy is never on the subway yep. and maybe a hero Marine like Daniel Penny is not in legal trouble today. It's time for the family to come together. 
The win, lose, or draw today in the city council primary races. We got to go after the worst of the worst, who for eight years, he took a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball to the city that we love and destroyed it. And then he has the chutzpah, the coolions to live in Park Slope and walk around and buy his nickel and dime bags from a Rastafarian right at the F train entrance there on the corner of 7th Avenue. Oh, yeah, Bill de Blasio, the family, the commission is coming after you. Led by Danielle, she's the stealth one. Curtis Lee, where he's the public one. With Nancy, who's doing the deep dive as the E-attorney. With, obviously, Bo Deedle Sid. And Frank Morano, if he can actually scrape the barnacles off his backside, get his rear in gear, and come across the plank into Brooklyn and do some work, Frank. We got to nail this guy. We got to get the money back. And we got to run to Blasio and his wife, Charlene. Right on back to Cambridge, Massachusetts, where he was birthed and disparaged his father. A war hero in the Second World War against the Japanese. His last name is Wilhelm. Von, von Wilhelm. And he said my father was able. Even though he took me to Fenway Park to all the Red Sox games, right? You despicable human being. We're coming after you, the family, the commission. We will not let this get undone. Sit in friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us Too much, man, buddy. John Mazzoni sings this with um, my man, the barber, Sal the Barber. Nunzi knows who I'm talking about it. The Sorrentinas on Saturday nights and on 129. They do this one well. Dean Martin, that's Amore. I want to get to what O'Reilly said about Putin. I couldn't disagree more. O'Reilly's a much smarter person than me. I get it. But he's nuts. Putin's not done. Putin doesn't come off weak here. He called these guys. He said, listen, I'm going to kill you and your whole family. And they turned around. They were scared to death. Putin's going to win again. He's been around for 24 years. He's going to win again. He's going nowhere. That's my opinion. And I want to get back to Donald Trump and his great interview with Eric Bowling last night. Trump leaving for New Hampshire in about 90 minutes. But that pizza you heard there, Dean Martin, like a big pizza pie, this is unbelievable that there's actually a fight in New York City about closing down coal-fired ovens and coal-fired pizzerias. I told you earlier with Curtis Sliwa, I was living in uh, in Boca doing radio in Miami, and I was doing commercials for Anthony Bruno. And Anthony owns a very popular place, which I love. It's a great restaurant, Runway 84 in Fort Lauderdale, my man Vinny, probably listening right now. 
And Anthony decided to open up all these coal-fired pizzas in Miami and New York, all over New York. And he uh, hired me and Dan Marino to do his commercials. In fact, at WFAN, me and Beningo did Anthony's commercials. But he's not the only guy. Coal-fired pizza's been around for a long time. And folks seem to love it. Not my favorite. I do like the old traditional slice better, but coal-fired pizza's delicious. And this idea that there's toxic fumes going into the air is such nonsense. So I got a couple of guys I want to play quick before Bo Dito stops by in the next 10 minutes. One of those guys is Scott Lebedo. Been on this show before. Terrific guy out of Staten Island. Real good activist. Big Trump guy. Great artist. Great artist. And friends with Tina Forte. That's all you need to know. Here's Scott Lebedo. He's the first cut on this nonsense Coltfire Pizza I guess, controversy. The woke-ass idiots who run this city are doing everything in their power to destroy it. We have naked men with their titties bouncing around all over this city yesterday, in public, in front of children. We have the most violent, raging crime rate ever. We are being invaded by illegal immigrants who are being treated way better than our homeless veterans, our teachers, and first responder heroes who were fired, still not compensated, because they didn't take the Fauci injection. Our city schools produce the dumbest kids, and the woke-ass punks who run New York City are afraid of pizza? The world used to respect New Yorkers as tough, thick-skinned, and gritty. Now we have become pussified. It's a damn shame. You heard of the Boston Tea Party? Well, this is the Boston, New York, this is the New York Pizza Party. Give us pizza or give us death. Give us pizza or give us death. <laughs> give us pizza or give us death. So as he's doing this, he's pizza. actually throwing the pizza over the fence at City Hall. Give us pizza or give us death. And he's throwing the pizza over the fence at City Hall, which made Mayor Eric Adams have to respond to this yesterday. And here was the mayor on Pizzagate. This is cut number five, Mayor Eric Adams. Well, let's let's be clear. Um, You know, every toxic entity that we remove from our air is adding up to the overall desire huh? to deal with uh, shrinking what? our uh, carbon footprint. Well and as I stated, let's let the public weigh in and then we could have a conversation if we're going to move forward or, or not. And the public can weigh in without throwing pizza over my gate. Ah! They could have delivered me the pie it allowed me to eat the pie and sat in, the, you know, the cow and have a conversation you with believe me. This? And so I'm going to call the person through peace over my gate to tell him he needs to bring <laughs> a vegan pie to me so we can sit down and I want to hear his side of this. Make this up. So I got one more for you. I like this guy. <laughs> Come on. Beyond stupid. So Dave Portnoy is a guy that started Barstool Sports. And one of the more popular segments on Barstool is they have somebody famous Go eat pizza and rate it. You know, Dog did it. Mike did it. A lot of famous New Yorkers have done it. Never me, by the way, Dave, jerky. But it's a great segment, and Portnoy's made a lot of money at Barstool. And he, much like Scott Lebedo, he goes nuts on New York for this promise to ban coal-fired pizza. 
Here he is, Mr. Barstool himself, Dave Portnoy. Apparently, in New York City, some little liberal arts, Ivy League, pink-haired, crazy liberal who's never worked one day in the real world is on an environmental commission. And they woke up from their little nappy poo, wherever that may be. And they're like, I figured out how to save the world today. We have to get rid of coal oven pizzerias <laughs> in New York City. We got to stop that. The, the emissions, I guess, is pollution. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? Pizzerias use coal ovens. All the best. All the best. John's a bleaker. Patsy's, Tatanos, you name it. Any pizza place, they're like, oh, this is Manhattan. This is old school. This is what people think about when they think of NYC. They have a coal oven. They've been grandfathered in. They've been there for 100 years minimum, <laughs> most of them. In this environmental commission, la-di-da-da person wakes up and wants to ban coal ovens. Hey, you can't make it up, folks. That's what they're worried about in this city, which is completely falling apart, and they're worried about pizza. All right, we will talk to uh, Bo Deedle, also Nancy Mace out of South Carolina. She's going to stop by and coming up live in studio, running for president on the Republican side, radio talk show host Larry Elder. All that. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. for fears break it down again it's got a beautiful picture of peter king who will join us as he does every wednesday morning tomorrow at 8 40 and he's got inna vernikov and anna delpaus standing next to him both are running for city council in brooklyn today those are his choices i am also enthusiastic about inna vernikov anna in a tight race against ari kagan for the right to take on Justin Brennan in November. That comes to you from Peter King. My next guest, of course, you know him uh, for the better part of two decades, distinguished himself as one of the greatest cops in the history of New York City. What an actor. I mean, I keep talking about Gravesend. He's got a bigger role than me. I keep talking about Gemini Lounge. He's got a bigger role than me. Great movies like Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman and Goodfellas, TV shows like Godfather of Holland. But more importantly, Bo Deedle, in the 27 years I've known him, about the most loyal and dearest friend you can ever have. And these days, even Curtis Sliwa can't stop talking about Bo Deedle's loyalty. Here he is, the great Bo Deedle. Good morning, Bo. Good morning, Sid. I hope you had a good time at the Uhika Castle yesterday. I can't nice. believe uh, Michael Strahan bitch-slapped you yesterday. That's horrible. He did. I was, no, I initially, he was very nice. He gave me a hug, nice tan. And then as we're walking away, I'm asking for a picture, which I really didn't even care all that much about. And by the way, Bo, you know, it takes two seconds. Smile, take the picture. I did like a dick. That's not right. You know, it's not right. And if I see Michael, I'm going to tell him. I know Michael a long time. I really like Michael, but that's out of order. That's out of order. You know, I was I watching television yesterday, and I saw that Admiral uh, Adam Levine He's the Assistant Secretary of Health. When you talk about Transformers, transgenders, 
Did you check this disgusting thing out? Oh, Did gross. You see what this thing looks yes, like? Yes, yes. standing there, and all of a sudden he wants not Gay Pride Month. He wants the summer of Gay Pride. <laughs> and, 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 and before before we go into that, you know, we we got to realize, you know, what's going on around with our beautiful children, you know, with these radical hormones, surgery treatments and all that. Some of these kids are anxious, depressed, and they're very confused. You know, that little girl, Kayla... Love a doll. She's 18 years old now. Now she's suing her doctors and she's suing the hospital. You know what? Her surgery was when she was only 13 years old. She was only 11 years old when she was exposed to this crap online with these transgender influencers telling her that she should change herself. She believed that she was transgender. They started giving the puberty blockers, testosterone, and at 12, they performed a double mastectomy on a little girl. Aye, and now aye, this aye. poor little girl is so confused. She don't know what she's doing. And now we wonder why 50-50% attempt a suicide or commit suicide. Let's stop it enough. I don't want to see drag queens in my children's classrooms. I don't want my children to know about cutting their penis off, cutting their breasts off. Stop this nonsense already. I get so angry when I watch this <laughs> stuff. Then you get this this deputy secretary of health, this this disgusting-looking puke. I mean, if I had a flamethrower, like a blast, one blast, oh, hit this, takes this guy out. I don't <laughs> like the guy. I'm sorry if, if that's violence. It's only conjecture. What's that word? Conjecture? That's what it is. Not an idle threat, okay? But I don't like it. Better yet, I'd like to punch him to the ground. That's it. Okay. All right. Now, let's start talking about what's going on. Today is voting day. We got, we got some choices here for the city council. What a bunch of pukes. And it's all just a Democratic primary, the majority of these people. But I'm starting to see the Asian community start to step up. Because a lot of the Asian community, you know, me being a Chinese spy, we know all about this, you know. <laughs> so, so basically, yeah, that douchebag Lachlan Murdoch, oh, I'm funny. coming after you. You'll be getting served soon with a lawsuit, Lachlan, little lucky sperm. Oh, you God. come at me. I talked to the writer. I talked to the writer. She changed her story. and everything. She's going, humana, humana. I said, you're going to be named along with lucky sperm. Yeah. I hate this guy. I can't even talk. I know you do. No, but, but, but getting back to your point, that was funny, boy. i got to give you credit for that. You know, there are now six Republicans, and if Ari Kagan can win in Brooklyn, you may end up with seven or eight. So you're right. This is usually just a Democrat deal. party. But we're starting to get some more Republicans in that city yeah, council. Yeah, big, big deal. So we'll have... Three people throwing up on themselves about a, I can't say it would be like the friggin' Alamo. Yeah. Santa and his army coming at the Alamo. You can't stop these progressive uh, liberals. You can't stop them. And that's our problem. We have a little bit, and they'll stand like this. I vote against it. Three people, I vote against it. Oh, Bill passed, jerk off. Go have lunch. Listen to me. That's, that's, just, a, that's just a drop in a bucket. Also, 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 now we got this guy. I can't believe this guy is running. This this guy who was a, a involved with the nineteen uh, 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 ninety three bombing of the World uh, Trade Center, Yusuf Salam. Does anybody really know what happened with the with the wilding of the Central Park Five? My dear friend Mike was a detective there. Mikey Sheen and the, the DA. Everybody I spoke to, they were beating people up, robbing these five scumbags. And don't forget, and when, when, and, right, sudden, and when Ava DuVernay made that movie about these yeah, low lives, yeah. she destroyed Linda Fairstein to the point Fairstein almost killed herself. 
Well, Linda Fairthing was one of the great DAs. She, she's the one that prosecuted the nun rapist in the convent back in 1981. Now, you got to remember, there's use of salami here, and there's other crowd of little scumbags. They were in the park there. They were beating people up, robbing. They had all the evidence. Then they left the girl. None of them could actually rape. I guess they couldn't get it up. Then all of a sudden, little Julio comes walking by, and he then uh, rapes her, and his DNA were found. Then you know what happens? They all get out of jail. And guess what? They get $50 million from this douchebag city general council. They settled for $50 million. And now this guy is all teamed up with this Iman Wala Haji. This is this other scumbag <laughs> was with that blind sheik Ramahan together with the Santa Claus hat. Close enough. Anybody who votes for this piece of garbage, he's a big punk. He all he is is a robber. Now he's I guess he's a millionaire now. He got ten million. I mean this is a this is what's happening in our in our society. It's going crazy. And then we just have to watch. We just have to watch. I just read the other day one of our great uh uh uh, news uh, uh, was uh, news commentators from Fox News. Giano Cad- Cardwell, his brother was killed June 24, 22. His brother was killed in Chicago. Get some numbers with Chicago again. Nobody cares about it. In 2021, there were 800 homicides. Of them, only 21 percent in the black neighbors. 21 percent. 45% of the murders in the white, but 21%, I'm talking about cleared homicides there. Only 21% were cleared. That means almost 80% of people getting away with murder out there. Where is the outrage? I just can't understand. And this is what's going around on around our, around our country. And everybody just keeps talking about bullcrap. The biggest problems are our children being taken with this woke society, with the crime and all that. And then we have to jump back and forth. I'm sorry, I jumped back and forth. Look at San Francisco. 22 big-name businesses, they've all moved out of there. All these giant businesses are out there. The, the Westfield Mall is stopped paying their mortgage payments. Everyone's leaving. You have open shooting galleries on the street, people being robbed. San Francisco, just Seattle, just go around our country. Just go around our country, all being controlled by these progressive Democrat garbage cans. And this is the direction of we're going in America. And you know what, my friend Eric Adams, you better wake up because I'm getting pissed off because I don't like what's going on. Eric, I've touched you, texted you many times. Let's find me. Remember Bo Deedle when you first started in politics? I was there. I raised money. And you haven't called me back. You haven't texted me back. Either. And you want to know something? I supported you. I guess I guess I'm on the pay no mind list, and you're wrong, because I was there when nobody else was there. And you know what I feel like? You know what I feel like? I feel like that chef. That guy was a chef, you know, the head of the Wagner group over there, the mercenary. Yeah, the Wagner. You, know yeah. you, know yeah. you know what he used to be, that Pugrosian? You see him? He looks like he ate the whole freaking thing. <laughs> fat belly fat. So, so basically, Sid, he was a chef for uh, for Putin. Yeah. He was a chef. And then all of a sudden he put this thing together, and now all of a sudden I think I think Putin. I'm going to say it right now. I will guarantee you, my voice to be heard. Putin will whack this guy. Of course, and Putin ain't finished either. He ain't over. And you want to? Well, that's what I just said. People keep saying I don't understand what they're watching. Putin looked weak. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. This guy's making his way towards Putin. Like I said yesterday, before the story came out, and I'm no genius. Clearly, Putin must have called him and threatened his whole family. Then they retreated, went the other way. How does Putin look weak? If he calls somebody, says I'm going to kill you, and they retreat, he doesn't look weak. He looks strong. No. 
I think I think they may have had his they may have had the chef's family all tied up yes. in, in custody already, and then Putin called him up and said, "Hey, comrade, I'm going to chop your wife's uh, right. head off unless unless you uh, stop this." I don't yes. get it. I mean, if, if, if they would have continued their march towards Moscow, then you could have made the argument Putin looks weak. But when they retreat after one phone call, that says to me they're still scared to death of this guy. And let me tell you, how embarrassing is that for Putin when this piece of garbage, Chef Boyardee, fat little pudgy garbage can, <laughs> little punk, he all of a sudden he shot down the, the Russian helicopters and that the plane. You know what? Putin right now is saying to him, ooh, vengeance is going to taste really good when it's tasted cold. <laughs> and he's coming after him. And it, look, at and also while we're at it, Randy uh, uh, Weingarten, that ugly American Federation of Teachers, garbage can. Did you see what the, uh, President No Brain Biden did? He made her the Homeland Security School Safety Advisor. Yep. Yeah, it was it was her, skank face, wine god. She pushed <laughs> to shoot the schools down, shut the schools down. Our kids didn't get their education. She's a piece of garbage. She should be thrown out of there. She's the one that caused all these lockdowns, and we should throw her the hell out of there. And one more thing, David... Patterson, our former governor, with this new clean slate act. He is totally against this. This is so ridiculous. People have been arrested 40, 50 times. Now we're going to have their records released and disposed of. This is nonsense. This is crazy. We've got to band together. We have to do something big. I am really, really getting tired. Folks, I don't know how you get better radio than that. That is 12 consecutive minutes. The voice of New York. The great American himself, the man Bo Deal. That was a great appearance, Bo. And Bo, of course, will be back live in studio right after Bill O'Reilly at 9.05, as he is every Thursday morning. Grand slam home run right there for my buddy, the great Bo Deedle. Still lots more to do. Gnomes Nuggets. Nancy Mace. Republican presidential candidate Larry Elder in studio. Dolph Hikind and more. Only halfway through the Tuesday edition. With your boy Sid and Tears for Fears. in the morning 77 WABC 17 years by her side broke the same bread wore the same clothes and you said we're sisters with nothing between if one of us fall the other will soon be following the same day you don't know why one of you never woke up and you lay your body down on the floor you're desperate to hear footsteps again this house is on fire we need to go oh, oh, oh. you don't have to go 
Rugby Alive, the fray, as we start the second half of today's program, 8-10, on your Tuesday morning. You love this show. Well, of course you do. Peter King reminded me that Ina Vernikov, she's running in District 48 in Brooklyn, and uh, I'm all over Ina, won her to win. His candidate, Anna Delpaus, is in District 47, up against Ari Kagan. It is election day today, primary election day today. Go out and vote. Noam's told you all morning long, only 44,000, nine days of early voting. That's pathetic. And, folks, don't kid yourself. These city council members have some uh, decent power they get to wield. So go out and uh, vote today or don't complain. It's really that simple. So that's uh, that's the, the big local story today. Uh, coming up on the program, Nancy Mace, congresswoman out of South Carolina. And I'm on record saying that I, if I was Donald Trump, and I'm not, but um, – I know he listens to me every now and then, and like I said, he'll be back on this show in about two weeks. He's about to fly to New Hampshire in about 45 minutes. But if I was Donald, I would seriously consider Nancy as my VP choice. She's a woman. Uh, her and Trump have not gotten along. What do I mean not gotten along? They've differed on some policy for a while, but they've been able to get through that. She's in South Carolina. The housewives love her. She's a sweet girl. In fact, my daughter Ava was with her last night. I'll get to that later. And I would consider Nancy for that role. She'll join me coming up at 840-905, Republican presidential candidate out of the great state of California, Larry Elder, live in studio. And uh, looks like maybe Dove Hyken coming up at 930. Now, today was supposed to be Carrie Lake, most recently lost that gubernatorial race in Arizona. She feels she got jobbed. She was supposed to be in studio today promoting her new book from 9 to 10, but her publisher, Sergio Gore, a new good buddy of mine, who also publishes all of Donald Trump's books, Judge Janine books, all of them, winning team publishing. He's on the plane with Trump on the way to New Hampshire. So Sergio and Carrie Lake live in studio tomorrow after Peter King between 9 and 10 tomorrow morning. So great, great shows uh, the rest of today and all week long. But I have mentioned Trump a couple of times, and he was on Newsmax last night with Eric Bowling. I like Eric. I was on Eric Bowling, me and Bernard, God rest his soul. We were on Eric Bowling's last show ever at Fox News. He did that 5 p.m. afternoon show with our old friend Ebony K. Williams and Kat Timpf. It was called The Specialist, I believe. And uh, we were on that very last show. And Eric has come back. He's done a very good job. He's a solid TV guy. Trump likes him. He's a smart guy. Gets great guests, by the way. And he had Trump on last night. And it took Trump very little time to go bash Fox News. Now, I don't do that because I'm very, very close with Brian Kilmeade. And, in fact, I was just on Brian Kilmeade's One Nation show on Fox News literally three days ago. And I'm on with Jesse Waters once, maybe twice a month. So I don't bash Fox News. But I agree with Trump that there are people at that station, that network, that are no good. And I was never a fan of Brett Baer, ever. Never liked him. He's a very smug guy. Smart, don't get me wrong, very smart. Knows his stuff. Does a good interview. Has his show ready every night. But he looks like a smug, obnoxious prick. That's my view on Brett Bear. And he had Trump on last week, and he was a complete and total a-hole. Here is Trump with Eric Bowling last night talking about that. Lewis, Donald Trump, cut number 19. When I did the... Yeah, Brett, the the uh, interview with Brett, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay, but there was nothing friendly about it. You know, it was nasty. 
And I thought, I did a good job. I've been given credit for doing a good job. But I've also, people said, why would you do it? Because it was really, you know, everything was like an unfriendly. It was always, everything was unfriendly. No smiling. No, uh, let's have fun. Let's make America great again. Everything was like a hit. So, you know, you have a hostile network and you have people that are obviously their candidates are against you. And uh, they, therefore, are being hostile. And if you're leading by 30, 40 or 50 points, what's the purpose of really doing it? And, you know, it's no secret, of course, that a lot of the talent at Fox News, not Jesse, not Sean Hannity, not uh, I don't think Laura Ingram either. They're all out there pumping up Ron DeSantis, even though Trump is killing them. And Trump made that point with Eric Bowling last night as well. This, Lewis, is Donald Trump cut number 21. They're pushing him, but they're stopping now because he's just not a good candidate. When he came to me, he was losing very badly. When I endorsed him, it was like a like a bomb went off. It was like a rocket ship after I endorsed him. But he was a bad candidate. I call it artificial. When uh, when he when those numbers went up, that was artificial. He's a bad candidate. He's not good. Uh, people don't like him, and that's uh, been proven to be the case. But Fox is pushing him. And they're not getting anywhere. They were pushing Jeb Bush with me. They were pushing Jeb. You remember Jeb? Whatever happened to Jeb? But he had a lot of money. He had a lot of everything. He had foxes. Uh, They were pushing him like you can't even believe. As much as they push the sanctimonious right now. And uh, I would say Jeb didn't do too well. And Jeb and, and Ron are very much like each other. You know, in fact, Jeb sat right next to Ron during his uh, inauguration. Low-energy jab, both guys from Florida. Donald did talk a little bit, too, about his policies, which were great, specifically oil and the economy. One more cut, Eric Bowling, Donald Trump last night. Lewis, this is my man DJT, cut number 20. They were paying people to store oil because Donald Trump's oil policy, bar none, the strongest the country's ever seen. We got the gasoline prices down to a dollar eighty-seven. Actually, we had periods of time where it was less than that. People were happy. We had the greatest economy in history. In history, there's never been an economy like we had going. And then you had you got hit by China's gift to us. Okay, COVID or the China virus, as I call it, because it's a much more accurate name. We get hit by that, and we brought it back. And the stock market was higher when I left. It was higher than. Pre-COVID, I mean, if you think about it, it was a miracle, the job we did. We actually did it twice, but there's never been an economy the likes of which we built. We had something, every single group of people, black, white, everybody, Hispanic, women, men, everybody was at the top of the line. Whether you had a high school diploma or you graduated number one in your class from the Wharton School of Finance, uh, everybody Everybody was was doing well. It was an amazing period of time, and I think that's why my poll numbers are so high, because people want it back. I want it back. (laughs) I want it back, President Trump. Come back. So while these idiots at MSNBC are spending all morning talking about the leak, oh, my God, they've got an audio tape of Donald Trump possibly admitting he's got classified documents about attacking Iran. I couldn't care less. But I want to hear more about, which Fox News is covering this morning, is the impeachment of the Attorney General Merrick Garland, who despite IRS whistleblowers every day coming out and telling us that Joe and Hunter Biden are criminals, criminals, 
Merrick Garland does nothing about it. Basically gave Hunter Biden a traffic ticket last week. The DOJ continues to work for the Democrats and screw Republicans, especially Donald Trump. So now McCarthy, today's New York Post, they are looking to impeach the Attorney General Merrick Garland, which I think is great, and they should do that. So let's get uh, to that. This would be Kevin McCarthy, cut number 14, Lewis. Now we found the president has lied to us. He said they've never dealt with anything in China. Now we, the whistleblower says that he was in a meeting with the Chinese company as the vice president. We now know that they got millions of dollars. It came through shell companies. The 1023 that was warned to the FBI, that was never given to the IRS whistleblowers that was investigating Hunter Biden. We've got more from the speaker, Kevin McCarthy, uh, talking uh, more about these IRS whistleblowers who continue to go out and say, hey, the Bidens are criminals. Lewis, this is cut number 15. The whole reason you have the WhatsApp message is because the work the House Republicans have been doing, not just in Comer, not just in Jordan, but this was in this was in Ways and Means under Jason Smith. These are IRS long-term workers who've been through it and watched the abuse of power of how Hunter Biden was treated. I mean, they even waited to um, get the six-year statute of limitation off where they bereaved my money he didn't get charged for, some of the highest prosecution. They want to have a special counsel, and now we're seeing that the DOJ, the um, attorney general, declined that, even though he's saying something different. So we have requested by July 6th Weiss to come in to answer these questions because the IRS whistleblowers took copious notes during those meetings. Yes, and by the way, that WhatsApp message, Hunter Biden talked about his father, yes, the President of the United States, who continues even yesterday to deny he knew anything about Hunter's dealings, sitting right next to him and telling these folks, you better pay us. My dad is sitting right here. So it's very simple. If, in fact, this uh, whistleblower is accurate, they will impeach Merrick Garland. Kevin McCarthy made that point on Fox News yesterday. Lewis, it's cut number 16. Yesterday, I laid out very, very clearly by July 6th, because of the allegations from the IRS, because of the whistleblowers and the DOJ, are, are Garland, what he is saying and what David Weiss are saying privately are two different things. Right. And if it comes true what the IRS whistleblower is saying, we're going to start impeachment inquiries on the attorney general. Well, it, because, as and- a matter of fact, it shows that. Even uh, my buddy there, who's about to leave in about uh, two months, meet the press host or moderator, NBC's Chuck Todd. He said that the whistleblowers are trying to get some really more serious crimes against Hunter Biden. Uh, Then, of course, the two we dealt with last week. But the DOJ made sure, or at least uh, the attorneys made sure, I should say, that wasn't going to be the case. This, Lewis, is Chuck Todd, cut number 17. The legal issues surrounding the president's son, Hunter, the latest of which is an accusation by two credible IRS whistleblowers claiming misconduct by the Department of Justice and the FBI during the investigation of Hunter Biden. According to transcripts released by the Republican-led House and Ways and Means Committee, one of those whistleblowers, who, by the way, was questioned both by uh, Democrats and Republicans on that committee, former senior IRS agent Gary Shapley, he alleged that Hunter Biden received preferential treatment from the DOJ. Shapley asserts that the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney leading the probe was blocked in his efforts to charge Hunter Biden with more serious crimes than the tax-related misdemeanors Biden agreed to plead guilty to earlier this week. And finally, Donald Trump sums it up best, talking about the Bidens with this very, very short cut but it works. Lewis Trump, cut number 18. The most corrupt administration in history. He's a corrupt president. 
That's all you need to know. We'll talk more about this with Nancy Mace, Republican congresswoman out of South Carolina. She's knee-deep in all this stuff with Jim Comer and the rest of those guys. And, again, Republican candidate for president Larry Elder live in studio coming up at 9.05. I do want to send a couple of shout-outs out here. Joe Parisi, who I love dearly. He's Mr. Gristidis. You guys all love Joe Parisi, don't you? He's a really, really super guy. Well, it turns out his daughter, Gianna Parisi, got married last weekend to Joe Nicastro. So now she's Gianna Nicastro. Congratulations to Joe Parisi. My friends, I mentioned them earlier, John and Joe at La Sorrentina, listening today and every morning. Thank you so much. And last night, you know, I got Botox. You guys have not said one thing to me, so you can't tell. That's how great Jen at Dolce Aesthetics is. I got Botox last night. I went to another place years ago. I would come in bruised and battered, a black eye, nothing. She is so good. And afterwards, me, her, and Danielle went across the street in Howard Beach to Lenny's Clam Bar. And it turns out that uh, Kevin and David and all the guys there, they love this show. We are huge in Howard Beach. So thank you to those guys for listening every morning. Okay, lots more to do. Once again, Gnomes Nuggets, Nancy Mace. Larry Elder, Dove Heikind. Oh, good stuff on the way, folks. It's the Tuesday edition of your favorite talk show in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Once again, go out and vote because Ina and the rest of them run for your life by the fray. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. The other race uh, that I know you've been paying pretty close attention to is the race for Queens District Attorney, where there is a very, very active primary between Melinda Katz and Judge George Grasso. I would love to see Grasso win this race. He's exactly what Queens needs. He's exactly what New York needs as a prosecutor. And if you're a Democrat that is kind of fed up with the soft on crime approach of most of New York's DAs, vote for George. Grasso. That would be my wholehearted and solemn endorsement. Unfortunately, I think given the strength of the Queen's organization, Melinda Katz is a heavy favorite. We'll see where it goes. I'd love to be wrong, but I think Melinda wins pretty handily, probably with upwards of 60% of the vote. Although if I could, I'd vote for George Grasso twice. We'll see what happens. I'll be on tomorrow, hopefully, to help analyze the races. For anything that I get wrong, I am going to be totally ignoring. For anything that I get right, I'm going to be reminding people 900 times.
quick question for you, Lewis. Susanna Hop, the Bengals, or this girl, Belinda Carlisle, the Go-Go's, in their prime. Which one, Lewis? Not even a fair contest. You're taking the Bengals, I know. That's correct. Yeah, yeah I figured you would. That was uh, Frank Morano talking about the DA race in Queens. And uh, Frank will join us at 6.40 tomorrow morning to analyze and assess all the city council primary winners and losers coming up today. Curtis Sliwa will do the same coming up tomorrow morning. Once again, Congresswoman out of South Carolina, Nancy Mace, coming up next. Republican candidate for president out of California, Larry Elder, live in studio. He's on Maria right now. He's coming up at 9.05. I think Dove Hike in 9.30. Tomorrow, 9 to 10, a full hour with Carrie Lake in studio. Carrie just ran for governor in the state of Arizona. She, like Donald Trump, feels like she got jobbed. I think she did, too. She's got a new book out, and her and Sergio Gura will be here coming up tomorrow for a full hour after Peter King from 9 to 10. But it is 8.30. That means it's time for Gnome's Nuggets. Good morning, Gnome. Good morning, Sidney Ferris. Um, so this group of uh, advertisers, this huge conglomerate of advertisers. They meet once a year. It's the top business executives in the world who do advertising. So this year when they met, they were asked to come up with the 10 best commercial jingles in history. In history? Yeah. Okay. Now, remember, most of these guys are like around our age, yeah. right? Okay. So the chances are you're probably going to know most of them. There but, are but, some but surprises. You know, you know who actually did a really good job writing a lot of these jingles? And he may be in there. One of my favorites of all time, if not my favorite. Who's that? Barry Manilow. That's right. He did Allstate. He did McDonald's. He did a bunch. He did. Yes. Is and he on the list? He did not make the list. Really? Yes. Shocking. I, I know. And upsetting. It is. It's devastating. Oh, jingles, I guess you have to go with, um, wow, jingles are different. Than, see, I, I always think about Squeeze the Charmin. Well, how Mikey about I liked you, it. Right. No, that's you, true. But those aren't jingles. Jingles. Right. right. Jingles. Um, so yes. number 10. Why don't we do that and I'll give you a hint. All right. Give me a hint. Think uh, closed or bankrupt toy store. Toys R Us. I don't want to grow up, I'm a toy's wreckage. They got a million toys and toys that I can play with. I don't want to grow up, I'm a toy's wreckage. They got the best for so much less. You really flip your lips from bikes. <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, my man Jeffrey. By the way, just so you know, when you play these types of games like Password, for example, right. you are not allowed to use a word from the title in the club. Oh, I, you're right, I said toy. Yeah, right. you said toys, yeah. and I'll gladly take the credit, but you're not allowed to do that moving forward. Okay. If we're going to play the game, we're going to play the damn game. <laughs> okay. All right. It's making rules. Yes. Okay. Yes, the next one. You're the contestant. You can't is, make rules. <laughs> the next one up, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Uh, something you drink in the morning. Oh, this is going to be Folgers. The day's looking new and bright. And you're going to start it right. The best part I nailed it. Look at me. It's Folgers wow. Come on, you got to give me credit for that yeah. one. Come you, on. You know what's weird about that? They, uh, I guess they sold the rights to that jingle a number of years ago for $90,000. I'm not sure why. That's it. So they can't even use it anymore. Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay, number uh, seven. Well, you skipped number eight, I guess. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, who, did who you go to a Sinus College also? I did. No. <laughs> he was in the passenger seat. But I actually graduated. <laughs> What's your next clue? Oh, this is really great. This is fun for me. Shut up. God damn it. What's your next clue? Okay. This um, is a commercial for a over-the-counter 
medicine. Over-the-counter medicine. Mm-hmm. All right. It's going to be... You might... I'll just give it away. It might use it if you have a stomachache. Oh, Pepto-Bismol. Mm, close. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Oh, what a relief. All right, we got it. Okay, okay. what's next? Um, <laughs> number six, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I did go to Ursinus yeah, College. So I'm, sure, I'm not okay. good with the counting thing. So, um, candy bar. Candy bar. Mm-hmm. Now, what had a jingle? That's the question. Snickers. One, two, three, four. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat. Oh, Kit Kat. Damn it. Remember this song, too. Give me a break of that Kit Kat bar. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Should I have uh, that? Number five. God, the world was so much better. So much better. This one is a more modern tune, so I'll give you that much of a hint. All right. Um, it's a fast food uh, joint. Fast food joint. It's got to mm-hmm. be McDonald's. McDonald's. Justin Timberlake recorded this. One I'm of loving the... it. Is this the place to eat? Since I don't cook, I'll just rock to the beat. I already I'm hate this. I hate it. I hate it. It's not even a good jingle. Who is it? Shut up. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, what what uh, what place is this? That is uh, number five. No, but what place is it? <laughs> what do you mean? It's McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. Yeah. So I got McDonald's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think my, my my beautiful wife Danielle mentioned "Have It Your Way" by Burger King. That's exactly what I Have was it thinking. your way. Could still Have be it that. your way. Yeah. All right, keep going. Number yeah. four. Number four. These uh, advertising yeah. executives were having a tough time coming up with the numbers. <laughs> so number four is a tie. There's two. Uh-huh. Number four. Uh, they both have to do with uh, sandwiches. Sandwiches of oh, sorts. Uh, I oh, well, say. Danielle named one of them here too, I believe. She said, uh, Oscar Meyer. My baloney has a first name. Wow, she's pretty good. My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-A-R. Nice job, Yeah. My baloney has a second name. It's M-A-Y-E-R. Oh, I love it. Thank you very much. The next one. Shut up, guys. Okay, so there's a tie, right? So number four is also think, you know, meat. Think meat. This one you got me on. $5 foot long, baby. <laughs> Shut up. God, you're not playing this game. What is it? I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. Oh, still Oscar Mayer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is what I truly love to be. Yeah. For if I were okay. An Number three is, um, let's see. This could be the theme song for Nancy and Curtis Sliwa. Oh, it's got to be cats. cats. It's got to be um um yeah, tender uh, meow 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 meow. Oh yeah 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 yeah. How much more of that do we want to take? Good one, Lewis. Okay. No, Nicely done. So here is the controversial one because it's more of a modern tune. Oh come on! It is for a um uh, a restaurant. Yeah. And um but it and it's another Justin Timberlake jingle. He's in this one as well. No it kidding. makes number two on the list two. of the all time jingles really? according to this advertising. And it's, but it's not a fast food joint, it's a restaurant? It's um you know yeah, I guess I can call it a it's not a fast food joint, it's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. I, yeah. uh, I'm not sure that you've ever been there. I don't think I've ever been to one of these, but maybe it's not, I have. It's not for Jewish people? Uh yeah, Jewish people wouldn't be caught again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, then I'm going to go with um, um, Arby's. Uh, well, no, that's fast food. 
Oh. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I don't even know. Okay. Go with chilies. How about saying chilies? I like that. I want my baby back. I want my baby back. Oh, come on. my baby It's good. Back. I want my baby It's actually a pretty good tune. <laughs> it is a good tune. All right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what's number one? This is very exciting. Okay, so you have a drum roll think, or something, some well, type of production well, value on this show? Well, my no. God. No, there's no, Nothing. no okay. production value no. whatsoever. Yeah. So number one. Uh, drink. It's a drink. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be able to come up with is it. Is it a sports drink, a liquor drink? Is uh, it, it is water? not. No, it is not a sport. It is not a drink that... I know what it is. It's drink. Coke. Coming to you straight from Maine, Poland, Spring. No, it's got to be Coke. He's right. Of course it's uh, Coke. How does the Coca-Cola song go I'd again? I'd like to teach the, the world, world to sing. the world a home and furnish it with Number one song, according to these advertisers. Very good, Lewis. I don't know any of these. I know, that's why you're stupid. Trust me. That's exactly why you're stupid. They should have taught that class at your side as college. Now that you're talking about the Coca-Cola jingle, you can easily say that the Coca-Cola commercial with Bean Joe Green and the little boy is the greatest commercial of all time. Yeah. And Coca-Cola, of course, used to have cocaine in it, so you know it off the bat. That was a very special drink. <laughs> Wouldn't you say, Justin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd be inclined to agree. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. My Coca-Cola these days still has it, but I know. yours does. Well, I love uh, I love these lists, Noam. That was a really fun time and a great job, so thank you so much. Sorry. Noam Layden, folks, he does it every morning. They're always great. Noam's Nuggets. Now, we got three great guests in a row to come your way. We're going to go down to South Carolina, talk to Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace. Then coming up at 9.05, live in studio, Republican candidate for president out of the great state of California, Larry Elder. And then we'll talk to Dove Hikind, this new committee that Eric Adams has put together to fight anti-Semitism in New York. I got two words for Eric. Good luck. All that about to come your way. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Yesterday I laid out very, very clearly by July 6th, because of the allegations from the IRS, because of the whistleblowers and the DOJ, are, are Garland, what he is saying and what David Weiss are saying privately are two different things. Right. And if it comes true what the IRS whistleblower is saying, we're going to start impeachment inquiries on the Attorney General. Well, it, because, as a matter of fact, it shows that. Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy on Fox News yesterday. Merrick Garland, look out, we're coming for you, bitch. Oh, did I just say that? Sorry. Wheels up for President Trump in about 16 minutes on his way to New Hampshire. That means that Sergio Gore and Carrie Lake will be live in studio tomorrow for a full hour, promoting her new book at 9 o'clock. But I've got a, a young lady on right now who I think is going to be a superstar. She's been on the show many times now. She's out of the great state of South Carolina, Republican congresswoman, and I believe one of the better choices, if not the best choice, for Donald Trump as a VP candidate. It's my friend Nancy Mace. And today we moved from Hootie and the Blowfish to Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) You like that, right? That's the feeling. I, I love it. That is the feeling this morning when you see all of the BS that is happening, and it's only going to get worse. I agree with you. But before we get to that, what you just said, 
Um, I know my wife, Danielle, is listening right now, and uh, you're very, very kind in that you know that my daughter, Ava, was in South Carolina, mm-hmm. still is, for about a week. And, in fact, uh, in Charleston, not far from where you are, and uh, we talked yesterday, and you said, you know what? I'm going to be at a very ritzy steakhouse, great cocktails place, and feel free to invite Ava over, which I did, and she showed up, didn't she? She did, and she's beautiful, and she's brilliant. Oh. I so enjoyed and loved meeting her. Y'all done good. She's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. That's mostly Danielle's work, but she uh, she was so excited. She <laughs> sent a couple of really nice pictures of you and her together, my daughter Ava and Nancy mm-hmm. Mace, in Charleston, South Carolina last night. So thank you for that. That was very, very cool. And a memory. At Hall's Chop House, Hall's Chop House. I have to give a shout-out. They have some really great cocktails and steaks if you're into that. Hall's Chop House, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you also gave my daughter your cell phone. Big mistake. And mm-hmm. invited her <laughs> and invited her to Washington, D.C. Your second yes, mistake. She or she's going to come. <laughs> oh, she is. I think I think she will. I said, well, come see the Capitol because, you know, her studies and everything are very relevant to what she's studying. And I was like, you need to come to the Capitol. See what see how the, the sausage is made. Come yeah. on out. I, yeah. I loved her. I thought she was fantastic. And I loved seeing young people who are who are passionate about what they're studying um and she's one of those people she's on she's gonna do big things i really enjoyed it well thank you nancy that is my daughter ava she starts her second year in uh, cardiff in wales about 90 minutes outside of london coming up this uh, fall and again nancy may's kind enough to spend some time in her home state last night with my daughter but getting back to what you said everybody's uh, furious and kevin is out there talking about impeaching merrick garland We've heard him talking about impeaching Biden, Mayorkas, all these names being bandied about, and people are going to get to the point where it's like the boy cried wolf. So when do you think one of these things is actually going to happen? Well, from my perspective, we have to make sure that we are better than the left, that we actually show tried and true evidence. You can't just impeach on a whim because that's the way you feel that day. We have to show the American people overwhelming evidence evidence of corruption, of bribery, of money laundering. And I have more faith in the oversight committee than I do in the DOJ and the FBI. And so I don't want to see a special counsel. We are connecting the dots. When we found the FBI document a couple weeks ago, they were talking about a $10 million bribe. There was corroborated by an email from Hunter Biden complaining about having to share his half of the money and talking about a $5 million transaction from Ukraine. And so we have to show overwhelming evidence with bank records with um, texts and tape recordings and email messages and show what actually went on. And some people are saying it's 20 or $30 million in bribes and payoffs. I'm going to tell you, Sid, I've seen documents at the Treasury. I think it could be far higher than wow. that. And I think wow. this could be the most corrupt political, the corrupt president in our country's history. I mean, this the kinds of things that we're finding out, it, it, would, it would blow your mind. And so we have to basically show the case in the court of public opinion, show the evidence, have it locked down, and then we can go through who's going to get impeached and why. And here's the evidence on what's happening because people generally, they just they have no idea how bad it is, and it's worse than you could ever realize. No, I believe that, and, and uh, you and I talked last week off the record, which will bring on the record mm-hmm. now, and when Marjorie Taylor Greene called out Lauren Boebert and said, hey, stupid, don't go out there and impeach the president until you've got everything. You know, well, at least tell us about it. 
And I agreed, not that Boebert is stupid, that she shouldn't have introduced articles of impeachment there, and so did you with Biden. So you're saying yes, and you're right. we got everything out there, all the, all the information. And you have all that. That's the question people want to know. You have all mm-hmm. that information that can do this, or you're still collecting it? We're still collecting it. And so now with all the documentation we've seen, you know, the FBI redacts it, and then we have to go find another copy of the document that the FBI right. hasn't provided us to right. know what's in there. Thank God for Senator Grassley to let us know there are potential tapes out there. But we have to engage foreign banks now because one of the things that, that the Ukrainians, for example, were bragging about in the FBI documentation we've seen, they said it would take the United States government 10 years to find the source of the funds and where they ended up because they had so many companies, so many bank accounts that was that complex. And so we have to engage foreign companies and foreign banks to go get additional bank records. we got to go back to Treasury to look at more activity reports. And so we've got to put it all together. We have to, if there are tape recordings out there, find them to corroborate because unless we show overwhelming evidence, the media is never going to – they haven't they, they haven't picked any of this up. No. And so we have to do their work. For them, And so we're super appreciative of conservative media that are willing to tell the truth, but this could be the most corrupt administration. And then we've got, you know, Garland out there and the FBI and DOJ trying to cover this stuff up. Like, that's wrong. And it's un-American. It's undemocratic. And, and uh, we need a strong leader in 24. I just can't. People would have, if they could see everything that we've seen, it, it would blow your mind. But we've got to do the work. We've got to do it right. We've got to do it better than the left has done and have a locked up case. Well, you're right about the media, and uh, this is one thing that Donald Trump did so well was expose the media. No one's ever done that like he did. One of the many things he did well uh, was that. But, but, you may be surprised here, Nancy, because mm-hmm. overwhelmingly, you're right, the liberal media doesn't touch this. In fact, they started this morning with the Donald Trump, you know, uh, a leaked audio about him and the classified documents while, you know, Newsmax and Fox News started with the Biden stuff, obviously. But, but right. Chuck Todd, who's as liberal as it gets, meet the press, NBC, offered this information yesterday. Take a listen, Nancy. Chuck Todd, number 17. The legal issues surrounding the president's son, Hunter, the latest of which is an accusation by two credible IRS whistleblowers claiming misconduct by the Department of Justice and the FBI during the investigation of Hunter Biden. According to transcripts released by the Republican-led House and Ways and Means Committee, one of those whistleblowers, who, by the way, was questioned both by Democrats and Republicans on that committee, former senior IRS agent Gary Shapley, he alleged that Hunter Biden received preferential treatment from the DOJ. Shapley asserts that the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney leading the probe was blocked in his efforts to charge Hunter Biden with more serious crimes than the tax-related misdemeanors Biden agreed to plead guilty to earlier this week. How about that? So he says a credible IRS whistleblower talks about blocking attorneys. Is that true, Nancy? Do you think they did, in fact, block the attorneys to make sure that the more serious stuff wouldn't get out there? I will say I believe the whistleblowers more than I believe the DOJ or the FBI or the IRS. I mean, and and we have heard this from more than one whistleblower complaining about being stonewalled or being blocked from actually doing their investigations, from actually doing their job, because this kid's last name was Biden. But God forbid your last name is Trump, you know, and (laughs) we're going to throw you in prison for the rest of your life. And here's the mainstream media last night, right, basically leaking classified information on air and then, you know, doing doing what they say Trump did. And Trump didn't leak anything, but, you know, they want to throw him in prison for the rest of his life. And it's just sort of like where this is mind boggling. This is the double standard. And I want to see what was in those documents, because I think it's going to 
really wake up the American people if they were trying to set Trump up with something or, uh, you know, trying to uh, railroad him as, as the president of the United States. And so I'm very much looking forward to seeing what else comes out here. You know, what's interesting It's that it's widely known, very public, including in the Trump circles. I know this for a fact because I've had these discussions that you and uh, the president have not always agreed on everything. Um, and this was not. No. And it's been a public. It's yes. Been very public. Yes. Um, and yeah. we've also had these discussions, but now they've been made public, too. When Fox News mm-hmm. asked you about this on the air last week about the potential, the possibility of you being his running mate as the VP. And, uh, again, this was brought up by Fox News on the air last week, so I'm not introducing this. It's out there already. If, in fact, mm-hmm. that was going to be the case, Nancy, would you accept my friend Donald Trump's invitation, at the very least, to be one of the finalists? Well, I've always said that I'm willing to work with anyone who's willing to work with me. I'm sitting right now on the beach in South Carolina looking at these beautiful waves, so my focus is, is has, has been, always will be on South Carolina but I've been willing, and I've said this publicly, willing to bury the hatchet uh, for our country. We have to save our country. And Joe Biden cannot be president for four more years. We've seen how corrupt he's been as a president and what the administration is doing to to someone whose last name is Trump. Like, it's wrong. The president literally had his number one political opponent arrested. That That should not be happening in our country. We have to save our country, and I'll do what it takes. Now, he's not the only guy running, though, on that side. I mean, I'm, I'm Larry Elder is going to be in studio mm-hmm. in a couple of minutes. you got Ryan DeSantis down in Florida. You are a Republican congresswoman, so I understand why mm-hmm. you'd go Republican, so you don't have to necessarily side with Donald Trump. But something tells me, despite your minor differences, that you really believe in your heart of hearts, because he's already done it, that the one guy that can save us is him. Or am I putting words in your mouth? He's- no, he, no, you haven't. I'm not, and I've been as soon as the second indictment came down. I, you know, I'm someone who we have not always agreed or seen eye to eye, and I think that I have some credibility in this. But every time we have found huge information, evidence of corruption with the Biden family, you know, the guy gets gets indicted. And so there's no coincidences here. And I call the balls and strikes. I've had members of my own party. I voted to hold them in contempt, okay, of Congress. <laughs> so, you know, I call the balls and strikes. I don't care if you have an RD by your name. But, you know, but when I see what's happening and I see a current president arrest a former president who's his number one political enemy, who's going to be the nominee in 2024, and that's what's happening. And somehow the mainstream media thinks it's okay, and it's not. And I will tell you, I represent a very purple district. I talk to a lot of independent and Democrat-leaning voters, and a lot of people, they don't like what they're seeing right now. We need a really strong ticket in 24. We need a woman on the ticket to get suburban women and suburban moms. We need someone who can speak the language of centrists and independent voters because there are serious issues facing our country, and we can't allow this kind of corruption to move forward. And that's what we're going to get with another four years of Joe Biden. So there are a lot of candidates in right now. The primaries haven't even really started. But I do believe that the more they attack him, the stronger he gets, and he's going to be the nominee. I believe that, too. And I also believe in my heart of hearts you'd be perfect as his vice president. Got to tell you, Nancy, uh, thank you again for uh, hanging out with my daughter Ava last night. You're always great on this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Enjoy the nice weather in South Carolina. The weather sucks here. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sid. Have a great morning. You too. There she is, South Carolina Congresswoman Nancy Mace. And I'm telling you, folks, that could be a very, very serious choice for vice president For one, Donald J. Trump, who's about to take off 
from New Jersey to New Hampshire in about three minutes. Talking about Trump. Yes, he is a Republican candidate for president. We've got another one live in studio coming up next. Radio talk show host out of the great state of California, Larry Elder, joins me live to start today's fourth and final hour. Larry Elder in studio is next. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. studio the very very talented mind you radio host great actually now running for president on our side larry elder is from california this is danny california one of the great red hot chili pepper songs you like this song larry i do like this song. you do like this uh, song. although i'm more of a motown kind of guy you more oh, smokey's oh, marbinson the yeah, Miracles, yeah, yeah yeah you know, i love Mar- marvin gay oh no i loved him too yeah. loved him too that was a uh, tragic death tragic in you fact, were... he was killed not too far from where I live uh, on a, a street called Gage Avenue. His father, as you know, killed him. Yeah, I know. Not too far from where I live. Really? Yeah. That's in uh, what? In, in South Central Los Angeles. South Central yeah. L.A., right, right. Well, Larry, he bought, he bought his parents a house. Yeah. And a- after he kind of had a career setback, he moved in with his mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, and then that's what happened. Yeah. The father wanted more money. Yeah. Uh, thank, you thank, know, thank, thank you for beginning the show on that note. So you're welcome. Yeah. And thank you for not calling me the black face of white supremacy. No. Any, any day when I'm not called that is a good day for me. I'm not going to do that uh, <laughs> because a lot of other guys do that. That's right. I try to create my own authentic material. But Larry, of course, a very successful radio talk show host and is now running on the Republican side for president. Now that you brought that up, though, yes, uh, maybe the biggest lie in America today is this issue with white supremacy in fact, I'm going to call it the biggest lie in America today. Uh, I don't see it. I mean, every now and then, yes, I see a crime or a crime that we actually stop, thank God, before it happens. Right. But we have a lot of crime in this country that takes place every day. And very, very, very few are committed by white supremacists. Would you mm-hmm. agree that's one of the big lies today? It's a huge big lie. And you know what, Sid? I used to think that Al Sharpton was the biggest race hustler in America. I no longer think that. Now it's Joe Biden. He goes to Howard University and says the number one threat to the homeland 
is white supremacy. Are you kidding me? The Anti-Defamation League keeps track of how many people are killed uh, by, by extremists, whether right or not. And 25 people last year were killed by extremists. By contrast, in 2020, 10,000 black homicide victims, almost all killed by other blacks. A young black man, aged 10 to 43, said he's 13 times more likely to be murdered than a young white man, same demo. And they ain't being killed by white supremacists. They ain't being killed by whites. Like you, know, you said, the majority being killed by their own people. 60% of the homicides, the robberies, and the shootings in America yeah. are committed by black people, often against black people. And said, unless you're prepared to say black people are genetically inclined to commit crime, you have to ask yourself what the devil is going on. What the devil is going on is the breakdown of the nuclear intact family that the left has done with their so-called war on poverty no to the point now where 70% of black kids into the world without a father in the That's home mar- married to the mother. That's it. And listen, there's other things that happen. Music, I think, is an, an issue. I really do. Uh, dress, you know, pull your pants up. Uh, opportunity, there's no question. But the fatherless family is the absolute main reason why these kids go astray. No question. And even on the music thing, I mean, think about all the rap music. Primarily, these are bought by white kids in the suburbs. They're not doing drive-by shootings. They're not calling their, their parents uh, Bs and Hs. True. It's breakdown of the family. And the stats are clear. Five times more likely to be poor and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in jail if you're raised without a dad. You know, before you ran for president, just so you know, Larry, uh, my partner Bernard was still alive. He joined us a couple of times when right. Bernie was here. Right. And uh, that, that Laos Gavin Newsom, who I still believe has the best chance to win the Democrat side because Biden's not going to make it, and he's the next in line. They, uh, they had the runoff in the state for governor. And you got involved in that. And we would come on the air every day and go, come on, man, get right. Larry that win. Right. right. It didn't go your way, but clearly it didn't disappoint you enough not to run for president. Sid, I had never run for anything before other than third grade class president. Before you ask, <laughs> yes, I did win that race. I'm betting 500. I got into the race. There were 45 rivals on the replacement side. I got more votes, virtually all of them combined, 3.5 million. Uh, California has 58 counties. On the replacement side, I carried 57 to 58. The only one I lost was San Francisco by a whopping 149 votes. Uh, I got in with eight Wait, weeks left. even in San Francisco, you lost uh, by less than 150 uh, uh, votes? On the replacement Those side. Those liberal animals? On the replacement side. Okay, right. Uh, right. And um, in 27, uh, in eight weeks, I got in with only eight weeks left. I raised $27 million, more than the other 45 rivals combined. It was a killer race. They were scared to death for a while. The recall part was in the margin of errors, and in comes Obama, in comes, Obama, in comes Harris, in comes uh, Joe Biden. I got outspent by seven or eight to one. He had to spend 50% more to keep his job than he did to, uh, to get his job. They were scared to death. So by any way you look at it, to me, it was an extraordinarily successful race. You know, this is not an uh, indication of who you are, because I'm on record many times saying how impressive you are. Brilliant guy, smart guy. She uh, should see me naked. No, <laughs> hey, listen, what are you doing at about 2 o'clock this afternoon? <laughs> you should see me naked, by the way. You think RFK is real? Wait, what do you see? The, what do you no, see my pecs? No, I know you're in great shape. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to vote for this guy. Right. Um, but on a serious note, when we talk about this presidential race, and I'm guilty of this too, just so you know, I love Larry Elder. You know, I love uh, a bunch of guys running this. I don't love Mike Pence. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but a few of the guys I really do like, I like Tim Scott a lot. Right. But listen, as far as I'm concerned, it's the Donnie and Ronnie race. There are two guys who have a legitimate chance to win. I'm being honest with you. And they're both in New Hampshire today, Trump and DeSantis. That doesn't mean anything because I believe that. Right. But when you hear that, I know you hear it often. Of course. Is that disheartening or do you not care? No, no. Here, here's how I look at it, Sid. I know that Donald Trump is nominatable. My question is whether he is electable. 
there are so many swing voters in swing states. You just who, said my question, who, though. You're not making the statement that he's not. Who, there are so many swing voters in swing states who would not vote for the man if he walked on water. I have no idea what to do about Trump derangement syndrome. Maybe someday they'll develop a vaccine. But until then, we've got a problem, and that problem is called electability. And what I do is ask people when I'm campaigning, Sid, the following questions. Have you lost friends because of Donald Trump? Best man at my wedding. He and I can't talk anymore because of Donald Trump. Really? Are you walking on eggshells at work because of Donald Trump? Have you have now strained relations with relatives and family members because of Donald Trump? If the answer is yes, Houston, we've got a problem. And that problem is electability. And I feel that they're going to gang up on him, do the same crap that they pulled on him in 2020 to the point where a sufficient number of swing voters will not vote for the man. And we have another four years of Biden and Harris. And we can't afford that. If I thought otherwise, I wouldn't be here. I love what he did as president. I'm an America first, uh, make America great again kind of guy. Uh, on borders, on what he did on, on judges, what he did on taxes, on regulations, on energy independence. He was extraordinarily gifted president, and he'll do a great job if he comes back. And if he gets nominated, I will support him and campaign for him as I did in 2016 if asked to do so. I just feel that he is not electable for the reasons that I mentioned. No, it's fair. That is fair what you just mentioned. I, I tend to disagree because I'm in the bag. You can't trust me. But <laughs> but but you uh, supported him all the way. Right. You admit that he was a very good president. So there's no real fracture in the relationship. You oh, just not, think not, from a voting standpoint, he may not be able to win. That's how I feel. That's how I see it. If okay. I felt otherwise, you and I would not be having this conversation. So when you go I gave up my there, TV show. I gave up my radio show. Right. I gave up my column. And I'm lot. not flush. I'm not like Vivek or like Trump. This is costing me money. <laughs> right. I'm doing this because I care about the country and i feel i have something to contribute and i know i got something to say so when you go out there mm-hmm. and somebody says well larry uh, answer this for me trump was so good at what he did what are you going to do differently you're basically going to say really not much but the difference is you can elect me and you can't elect him that's the, that's the thing i'm going to do what he did on the walls what he did on borders what he did on energy independence what he did on taxes uh he was he was uh, pro uh, pro uh, uh School choice uh, in education. There's a crisis in education in urban America. You know this, Sid. 53 public schools in Chicago. Zero percent of the kids can do math at grade level. 13 public high schools in Baltimore. Zero percent of the kids can do math at grade level. Wow. 85 percent of black eighth graders nationwide can neither read nor do math at grade level. Half can't even do basic reading, which means a substantial number of black kids in America are functionally illiterate. And Donald Trump pushed school choice. I will do so as well. The other issue becomes race. You know, Obama was president. He was going to save the world, black man, and it got worse. Ferguson, Missouri, Freddie Gray in Baltimore. Don't forget, folks, BLM was born under Barack Obama, not Donald Trump. That's right. And then Joe Biden comes along, and I feel like it's Barack Obama double. Why is it that these Democrats yell and scream about black people, and yet the race issue becomes significantly worse. You know the answer. The answer is they want black people to be thinking about social justice or equity, however you define that, as opposed to crime, as opposed to bad schools, as opposed to economics, because they want to get black people angry because they know that if they can get black people distracted, they'll pull that lever 90 95% for the the Democratic Party, without which they cannot win at the top level. Obama made things worse. When he entered the Oval Office, he had 70% approval. Think about that. He only got elected with 52%. How is it that you walk into the Oval Office never having done anything and suddenly 18% now support you, didn't support you before? I was one of those guys. Look, I'm a Republican. I voted against him. But then I saw him and his wife and his two beautiful daughters walking down the street, a black man. I said, you know what? Go get him. And the answer is because you thought it would put a fork to the notion that America is systemically racist. At the very least, he'll do that. 
And for eight years, the Cambridge police acted stupidly. If I had a son, he looked like Trayvon, embraced Black Lives Matter, Hal out sharpened in the White House over 70 times, had, a, had an AG, Eric Holder, who said that America was perniciously racist, said in an interview Obama did that uh, racism is in America's DNA to the point where both blacks and whites thought race relations got worse after he left. That's what this man did. I know I'm a black person, and as a president who is black, I will do the opposite of what, uh, what Obama was hired to do. Obama was hired to make us come together racially. I will do that by giving the information, giving the facts. I believe that Republican candidate for president, uh, my friend Larry Elder, here in uh, in studio. You mentioned two words that I have a difficult time defining. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm very entertaining, but not the smartest guy. I get that. <laughs> but you, you said um, uh, systemic racism. Yes. And oftentimes I'll bring on African-American folks, friends of mine, great by, people. By, by the way, that's a term I never use. Okay, good. A- a- African-American. I'm an American who is black. Oh, you sound like the, Morgan the, Freeman. He gets mad too, Morgan or, Freeman. Or, or, or Smokey Robinson. Google but, Smokey Robinson yeah. and African-Americans to stand back. Okay. It's, so, it's a ridiculous term. I was born in Los Angeles. My father was born in Georgia. My father's never been to Africa. I have. My dad has it. I am an American who is black. I have never in my life used the term African-American. Oh, good. I'm just saying. Good Good for you. God, yeah. I, I, this is great. I love this guy. All right. So you're a black guy. And uh, <laughs> we got to explain to me what those two words mean. Systemic racism? Yes. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, an accusation that at one time had merit. I mean, obviously there was Jim Crow. There was KKK. Uh, there was back of the bus. But not today in 2023. Well, how are they, how are they, uh, explaining to us how it applies today? Well, what they, what they say, for example, is institutions like the police are systemically racist. And what's, what, what it's causing is something called the Ferguson effect, Sid, or the George Floyd effect. Cops are pulling back. They're not engaging in proactive policing. Even Rahm Emanuel, the then uh, mayor of Chicago, said the police had, quote, gone fetal, meaning they weren't engaging in proactive policing. And as a result, there are people all over the country who are now dead, who otherwise wouldn't be dead if the police were doing their normal proactive policing. If Lowry wins in 2024 and you get inaugurated, your first day on the job, what's the first thing you do? Do you open a pipeline? What do you do on the very first day? First thing I do on the job is to reverse the uh, oil and gas hostility that Joe Biden did. Uh, he stopped drilling on federal property. He shut down Keystone Pipeline. I'm going to green light that the stuff would be the first day. Secondly, I'm going to f- finish the wall. We got the money already. It was being built. It was stopped in this tract after Biden got I'm not uh, even got, sure got, got it's, it's legal to stop that. I'm not even sure that's legal among the million illegal I, I, things I, that Biden has done. I, I don't think it was legal, but he, right. stopped, he stopped it. Yeah. yeah, I know. So that's great. That's a great start. Oil and then uh, finish the wall because the majority of our problems here, including here in New York, the migrant issue in your state, California, goes right back to the wall. Finish the damn wall. Finish the wall. Right? right. Then Eric Adams' and, job and, is easier. And, and, and reinstate the other policies that Donald Trump had, the Remain in Mexico policy. Right. Stop this catch-and-release nonsense. Arrest people who enter the country illegally. When you arrest them, you can deport them. If you put them in the in the interior, uh, give them a little court date, you never see them again. Now, here's going to be an issue for you. This is going to be very tough for you. All right. My friend Trump says to everybody every day, he started with, I'll end the Ukraine-Russia conflict in a day. Okay? Now, this weekend, he goes, forget about that. I'll end it before I even get back to the Oval Office. <laughs> How does Larry Elder beat that? Well, obviously, we wouldn't be having this conversation about this if it hadn't been for the way Joe Biden pulled out of Afghanistan. Uh, that inspired Putin. It inspired Xi Jinping in China. It's inspiring the Ayatollahs. It's inspiring North Korea. So that's the first thing. Once you have a weak-kneed uh, commander-in-chief that believes in, in strength through peace as opposed to peace through strength, you got problems. Uh, look, Putin has already lost this war. Most of the experts, including those I saw on Fox, thought the war was going to end in a few days, maybe a few weeks, and Putin would win. This is now the second year. 
He's lost about 20 generals, most of them on the battlefield. He's lost anywhere from 80,000 to 200,000 men, uh, depending upon what number you meet. He's already lost the thing. And, of course, there was an attempted coup recently. He wants an off-ramp. We ought to put pressure on both sides to give him that. What about China? I don't know, you know, Trump did a decent job. Very, very did, good job. did a great job with right. China. Right. Uh, and the last thing we need is to push people into EVs, making us even more dependent upon, upon communist China. They're the ones that are supplying the so-called rare earth mineral to go into the batteries, the lithium, the cobalt, the nickel. The idea that we should be more dependent upon China because of EVs is asinine. We need to decouple our dependence on China. We get pharmaceuticals from them, other consumer goods from them. We should be manufacturing that stuff here stateside and let China know if they aggress against Taiwan, there's going to be an economic penalty that they got to pay. And plus the fentanyl coming across in our country outrageous. and killing our kids every outrageous. day. Outrageous, right? outrageous, right? outrageous. Another yeah. issue. Another issue. So when you look at the all the things you just mentioned, mm-hmm. and there's a lot there that needs to be fixed, right, guys? I mean, a lot there. What did I leave out that you would fix, Larry Elder, that's not going well now? Again, the epidemic of fatherlessness, a 70% well, of black How do you kids. fix that? Well, first of all, all these kids running around without dads need to have somebody in their lives. Uh, I liken it uh, to, to AA, where everybody who's recovering alcoholic has a sponsor. Every one of these kids ought to have a sponsor. My name is Sidney R. I am a recovering addict. There, there are... There are uh, baby boomers my age yep. who are retiring or who, who have retired. They're vigorous. They're healthy. Uh, they've got wisdom. Uh, they've got energy, and they've got time. They ought to be involved. Uh, and we ought to be able to direct our tax dollars that go for welfare programs to programs in our own neighborhoods, churches, synagogues, mosques in our own neighborhoods to mentor these kids. There are people like my pastor, Jack Hibbs, of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. They're literally going door-to-door mentoring people. I saw somebody here in New York from, from Calvary Chapel just the other day, and he's here going door-to-door mentoring people who do not have fathers in their lives. And that comes from the bully pulpit to encourage people to do that. It's not a government solution. In fact, government made it work, made it worse. Government is the one that, that created this nuclear meltdown of the family. You know, on a um, more local uh, story, mm-hmm. here in New York, the homeless situation is out of control. Out of control. I'm on the subways every day. It's bad. They're in the streets. But I recently shot a movie in Los Angeles, and I was in shock looking at the tents. Now they're in really nice neighborhoods just outside Beverly Hills, right. even, I think, it's south of San Diego. Right. So now our two biggest states, which, of course, are run poorly because of Democrats, Democrat governors, Democrat mayors. You had Garcetti, who is uh, as bad as de Blasio, and you've got Newsom. Uh, what do we do about that on a local level to fix some of this homeless problem? Said you have to make a decision that homeless people cannot sleep on the streets. Right. It is a health problem. It is a criminal problem. I am told that every female homeless person has been raped at least once. The only question is how many times. And if there is a bed for these homeless people, they shall go. If they don't go, they either go to rehab or they go to jail. And if you're not prepared to do that, we're going to have this problem forever. Whenever I say that, somebody from the ACLU or somebody like that uh, threatens to file a lawsuit, and then it's reversed because they think it's cruel. It's cruel to allow people to sleep on the the streets like that. It uh, lowers property values. It has all sorts of ancillary effects. People are leaving New York. People are leaving L.A. People are leaving Chicago. People are leaving San Francisco. Businesses are leaving. In the Bay Area, they're walking away with their leases. Still got mortgages on. They're saying to the bank, you take it. I got to go. It's got to stop. We have to make a decision that it shall not happen. Uh, it is a violation of the law to have people sleeping in public places like that. Virtually every city has a law against it. It's not being enforced. One more for you. Our veterans, uh, they continue to be disrespected right. despite what the government says. What would Larry Elder do to make sure that's not the case? Increase the money for veterans. Uh, look, 
they're heroes. My father was a World War II vet. He's in the Marines. My older brother, Kirk, was in the uh, Navy during the wow. Vietnam era. My little brother, Dennis, was in the Army. He went to Vietnam. By the way, I'm the only one who didn't serve. And I don't feel good about that. Today. That's one of the reasons I'm running. I feel that I, I have an obligation and a responsibility morally and re- religiously to give back to my country. That's why I'm doing this. But our veterans need to be supported. We have all this money for COVID. $400 billion, I understand, was wasted, stolen. And we don't have enough money to take care of our veterans. Outrageous. Outrageous. I have to tell you, even if you don't win this, Worst case scenario, you don't win, okay? And you're a, you're a great guy, impressive, smart. I love you. I swear to God, I do. If you don't win, there's got to be a spot for you somewhere because you need to serve this country. We right. need minds like yours. The only way we'll get out of this mess. This is a mess. It is it's a mess. a mess domestically. It's a mess internationally. This is really bad. In my lifetime, I was here in 79 with Jimmy Carter. This is worse. Can't go back to 68 Nixon, but this is worse. We need minds like you in government, whether you win the presidential nomination or the election or not. You need to serve this country. If I don't win, said at the very least, I will put front and center the issues we're talking about, fatherlessness, the lie that America is systemically racist, the acute need for school choice in urban America. I've done, I've done executive produced two documentaries, one called Uncle Tom, one called Uncle Tom 2. It will change the country if people see those documentaries. Where can I, you see those? Go on YouTube. Uncle, uh, or, How long would you make those? UncleTom.com Uncle is the website. I made them about... Uh, both of them were made in the last four years. No kidding. The first one talks about how black people kept moving forward after slavery in the wake of KKK, in the wake of Jim Crow. Why? Because it was rare for a black kid to be born outside of wedlock. A belief in entrepreneurship, a belief in Judeo-Christian values, a belief in patriotism, even as America was not applying those values to America. The sequel talks about how the civil rights movement has been co-opted by Marxists, by collectivists, by those who want to uh, redistribute income, by people like the uh, Black Lives Matter people. They were founded by self-described trained Marxists. Marx did not believe in God, wanted to dethrone God, did not believe in capitalism, did not believe uh, in private property. So the very things that allow black people to keep moving forward are under attack right now. 1940, 87 percent of blacks lived under the poverty line 1960 20 years later that number had fallen to 47 percent a 40 point drop in 20 years the the 20 years of the greatest economic expansion for black americans in history for all the reasons i mentioned belief in god belief in family belief in judeo-christian values all of which are now under assault i've done a book about the importance of fatherlessness it's a memoir about my dad and me my dad and i didn't talk for almost 10 years for reasons that really are kind of stupid in retrospect the book is called Dear Father, Dear Son, Two Lives, Eight Hours. The, hard co- the paperback is called A Lot Like Me. If people read that, it will change their attitude about the importance of fathers and it will change their attitude about their own father and their own and how they, how they become fathers. I also have a book about my race in California, what the left has done. We have super majorities of Democrats in the Senate and in the Assembly. It's called As Goes California, My Mission to Rescue the Golden State and Save America. My goals are modest. So if people were to, were to, were to consume these products, Uncle Tom 1, Uncle Tom 2, uh, a, a, lot, a lot like me, uh, and also the book that I've done, I believe it will change things. And so along the campaign, I'm going to encourage people to do that. Not because I want to make money. In fact, I'm losing money. I had a TV show. I had a radio show. I had a, a column, 80 different outlets. I've, I've given it all twice, one time to run for governor and one time to run for president because I want to give back to my country. That's why I'm doing this. And I'm not flushed like Vivek. I'm not flushed like Donald Trump. I still got bills. I still got a mortgage. I love you. I really do. Larry Elder, I wish you the best of luck. This was a great 27 minutes, and I think you opened a lot of New Yorkers' eyes who otherwise knew a little bit about you, you know, radio right. stuff and but, man, you are and, a, a really And please go great. to my website, elderforpresident.com. Throw something in the Is that the jar. number four or F-O-R? 
Elder FOR. Okay. And because I've got to raise 40,000 individual donations in order to qualify for that first debate in Milwaukee, said, and they, the, the amount can be as small as $1. So throw something in the tip jar. Give me the 40,000 individual donations so I can become eligible for that debate in Milwaukee. And as I said, once I get up there, it's game on. Oh. Hold my beer. You're tough. They've never seen anything like <laughs> no, me. No, what, I haven't. What, what, did, what did Jack Nicholson say in Batman? When did they get a load of me? <laughs> he did say that. Uh, elder for president, folks. Go there right now. The word for F-O-R. Elder for president. Help out my friend Larry Elder and his run. Just a really impressive guy, smart guy, great American, and an absolute great choice, whether it's him or Trump or DeSantis or Tim Scott or Nikki Haley. I don't care. Larry Elder deserves to be on stage. Go to Elder for President and do it today. Let's go to Joe Nolan, get some traffic, then we'll talk to Dove Hykend right here on Sid and Friends in the morning. WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Cure, right? I like this song. Play some of this. Joseph Abud, I love you, baby. Thank you for the uh, text. Here's the cure. That great conversation with Republican hopeful Lowry Elder was brought to you by another dear friend, Pete Morgan, and the fine folks at Peerless Borders. Peerless Boilers, PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build the world's best boilers. You folks out there, AARP of New York is sending you to see the Staten Island Berryhawks. Ah, that's our team, baby. My man, Homer Bush, the manager, that's right. Get ready to enjoy an unforgettable day at the ballpark because right now I've got a pair of tickets to give away for the July 4th Staten Island Ferry Hawks game when they take on the Lexington Counterclocks. Be calling number 7 right now at 800-848-9222 and a pair of tickets are yours. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Call the number 7 and you get a pair of tickets. Learn how you can volunteer with AARP of New York. Visit aarp.org slash volunteer with AARPNY. Good luck. Furry Hawk Baseball. One of the Yankees, uh, Yankees have the A's tonight, right? Yeah. Who's pitching? Uh, tonight. Oh, Brito, right? Yeah, Johnny Brito. 
against uh, Blackman. You know, if the season ended today, which we do this in Sports Talk Radio all the time, and it's stupid because the season's not over today. It's like 90 games. But if the season ended today, the Yankees would make the playoffs. They're eight games over 500. They're in third place, mind you. Still a lot back, nine and a half, uh, Tampa Bay. But the two wild-court playoff teams right now in the American League are the Baltimore Orioles and the Yanks. But this is a serious race. The Jays, Toronto, a half game back. Houston just won back the Angels with Otani. You know Otani hit his 26th home run of the year last night. He leads the majors. Otani, and he can pitch. The Angels only won back. Even the Red Sox aren't that far back. A boots team. So it is a serious race in the American League. Baltimore's got a, a good lead. Yeah. So it's that second wild card spot. Yankees, Blue Jays, Astros, Angels, and a bit back to the Red Sox. Could be very, very exciting. Well, I foresee a coming back down to earth from the Baltimore Orioles, a very young team, inexperienced. No, they're good. No, they're not coming back to earth. They're good. Okay. They're good. And what makes you say that? Stupid. Because they were good last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden get good this year. They're very young. They'll get into the doesn't mean they're they're, they're a year older than last year when they were good. No, stop with the young thing. It's dumb. Oh, okay. means nothing. Uh, Tampa Bay's young, too. (laughs) How are they doing? They're like 50 and 10. They're young, too. Young means nothing. Yeah. You know, because you've been in the league for 10 years, it doesn't make you a good player. Right. So now, now, if you want to talk about when they get to the postseason, are they going to win a World Series? That's different. But will they win the wild card as a young team? Of course. I'm just talking about the September juices. No, no, you're talking about the wild card. They'll win. Yeah, but it's going to be a tight race. I was in Miami. Uh, now look, the first time in 97, Wayne Heisenga, who also owned the Dolphins and the Panthers at the time, he bought a World Series winner. He bought it. Mm-hmm. He bought Moisés Salou and Bobby Bonilla and, uh, you know, all these uh, great players, right? And uh, they had some young guys, Hanley Ramirez at shortstop and Craig Council. But then in uh, the, the team in 2003 that beat the Yankees, right. that was like the youngest team in baseball. Yeah, and they Beckett, won the World Series. Yeah, Beckett was like 20, 20 years old or something, 21 years old. He was old. a baby. Yeah, Brad Penny was a baby. Yeah. The whole rotation were kids. I'm with you. And the lineup were kids. I'm telling you, I, I agree. I, I think, think Baltimore's going to be there. I think talent alone can win you a title, but yeah, it's not both, easy. Well, I'm not saying they're going to win the title, but they're going to—they're—they're they're good enough to win a wild card. I 100% spot. agree. That second spot, we'll see. Mets are nowhere near it. Yeah. Mets are now eight under. There are 16 back. If I would have told you, oh $364 million payroll, all these wild expectations. Is this your now year two or year three of Steve Cohen? I forget. If I would have told you that before July, we're still in June, the Mets would be 16 back. You would have said I was nuts. Well, I am nuts, but they're 16 back. You know, I got to tell you, all the money that Steve Cohen spends He's he's a good owner. He spends money. That's all you want me to owner, by the way. That's why I always laugh at people who hate Jim Dolan. Yes, he remained loyal to people like Isaiah, blah, blah, blah. But he always spent money. He never cheapskated his way out of it. In fact, he spent too much money on guys like Malik Rose and Stephon Marbury. But the Mets spent all this money. I got to tell you, the Steve Cohen era for the Mets feels a lot like the Fred Wilpon era. What's, What's different? Tell me what's different. All the beating that Fred Wolpon took, I was at the fan every day. Sell the team, sell the team, sell the team. Every day, Fred Wolpon. At least the Mets got to the World Series in 2015. We're nowhere near it right now. It, it has nothing to do with I, I think the, we wouldn't have gotten, and the Mets wouldn't have gotten these pitchers if it was under the oh, Wilpon. They wouldn't have spent this money 
for Verlander. They and didn't Scherzer. have it. They didn't have it. I got it. I yeah. got you on that. But it, he, they, they would cheap their way out of deals. They would yeah. not do the right deals. Still, so you love to have this guy running the team. But it does not equate into wins. No, does not. Do no, it. you're right. It but, doesn't matter. But when you have you the, right, but when you have the highest payroll, you're right. It doesn't mean you're going to win a World Series. But you should be over 500. You should have a great lineup, uh, right. and Good pitchers. Yes, and these guys are veteran good pitchers, and they should be a lot better than this. Right, no doubt about it. Of course, they are very disappointing. And Buck is in trouble probably at the end of the year. No, he ain't in trouble. Okay, I hope not. Yeah. But yeah. He's, he's, he's only in his second year. They won a hundred last year. You know, I mean, you know, every you know year, every year Aaron Boone's in trouble. He just re-signed, so did Cashman. But he's a younger guy. They, sometimes I know. the team feels Well, maybe like, Buckle just want to leave. But sometimes they don't listen to old, you know, the, I don't know. the management yeah, goes. I, I don't you're, know. You're, you're, they're not listening. I'm not in the you. locker they room every day. You're right. right about that. But I would imagine Buck won't take that type of garbage. I hope not. He may want to walk away. He may. He Although, you know, when you have a year like this, you want to come back for one more and try to make it right. But it has been just miserable. I mean, I'm counting the days to the Giants. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because they were moving last year yes. as well. And they had one of the best uh, records last they year. They did. Until and then that the Padres, series. that Padres series. The sucked. Atlanta series. I mean, but you, yeah. just, you just have really good ball players that are not playing like it. They it's, got, it's crazy. When they got swept by Atlanta, that, I mean, was, yeah. the, that Mar- was the death knell. Sterling Marte was your best hitter last year. No, he was, he was and, terrific. And, and he can't. I mean, he's not the same, He's though. just not, not the same. So I was talking to uh, Paul Schwartz yesterday at this golf classic. And Paul, of course, covers the New York football giants on a daily basis for the New York Post and wrote my first book, You're Wrong and You're Ugly. And we're trying to figure out what's a realistic expectation for the giants. And we were somewhere around nine wins, maybe ten, best case scenario, ten and seven. But the giants aren't going to win a Super Bowl, not in that division with the Eagles. So now you got the Jets. So right now it looks like, oh, the Jets – are the closest team to a championship in New York right now, the Jets, based upon the season, were removed from hockey and basketball. Who's got a better chance to win it all? The Yankees, who at least right now are a playoff team, but by the by a pubic hair, or the Jets, who have not been to a Super Bowl in almost 60 years. Easily the Jets. You think it's the Jets? Easily. What about you, Lewis? No chance. The Jets. I don't. So you think the Yankees? You think the Yankees Yankees have a better chance of winning the World Series? The Yankees are a bad baseball team without Aaron Judge. But the Yankees are closer. The Jets, to me, are still the Jets. And now this clown, who's the quarterback? But he's always been a clown, and he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. I still believe that, too. But you think the Yankees are closer? I think the Mm. Yankees are just closer. Let me ask uh, Joe Nolan. He's a big-time Yankee young Jet fan. Joseph, who is closer right now to winning a championship? The Yankees, if the season ended today, would be a wild-card team. Or the Jets, with Aaron Rodgers taking over. Who's closer? The New York Jets. Oh! Oh, Joe Nolan. Oh, look at him. Hey, Joe, right now I want you to introduce, uh, as if you would do at at MetLife Stadium, before you do Ray Katina, introduce for the first time ever Bills Jets 9-11 Monday night to the crowd at MetLife. You'll be there doing the uh, the, the, the PA. Introduce Aaron Rodgers to the crowd. And finally, number eight. Here he is, your quarterback, Aaron Rogers! Oh my God! Oh, that chill. gave me goosebumps. I'm oh, I'm so... hard. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> that joke, Seth. As, we, as we get closer, as we get closer, I got I got to run down what I'm going to oh. do when he scores a touchdown. Oh. How I'm going to do it, oh. and you guys are going to have input on that. It, we got to figure for real? that out. 
Yeah. Oh, that's oh. going to be awesome. That'll be yeah, fun. Gotta figure out, you know, is it going to be <laughs> touchdown Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> or, you know. Oh, my God. WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. <laughs> Got a text here from my buddy Frankie Kravitz. He says, you know, I try not to text you too often. Now how busy you are, I don't want to break your balls. But today's show, Nancy Mason, Larry Elder, who I love, was awesome. Great work. Keep it up, brother. Frankie Kravitz. That's a good man, Frankie. His daughter Kimberly's a big star, big TV star, beautiful girl out in uh, in New Jersey. Got a lovely family. Judge George Grasso winning against Melinda Katz. DA Race in Queens texted me, said I've been out in the field since 6 a.m. all over Queens in Flushing now, feeling strong. Either way, just heard about your endorsement this morning, Sid. Thank you. It's actually, uh, I did endorse George Grasso, but he got an even more enthusiastic endorsement from one Frank Morano. And he would get one from Curtis, but Curtis still wants to see his kid, so he doesn't mess with Melinda. <laughs> to be completely honest, you know what I'm saying, that Louis, right, Louis? You know what I'm saying, Lou? Look, what is that shirt you're wearing today? What is the uh, significance of that shirt? I it's, I have to try to remember where I got it. I actually don't know. You have, you, have, you have the greatest T-shirts ever. You have a lot of them. I don't remember the last time I've seen you in a button. Well, I guess uh, Cipriani's, Katsimatidi's beautiful party, the 100-year anniversary. <laughs> Otherwise, well, I've, done, well, I've never seen you in a button-down shirt. I grab things in the middle of the night. That's why I'm coming in. Does that include MJ's ass? Yeah, that's on the list. Yeah, it's one of the things, things you grab in the middle of the yeah, night. Yeah, right. And then when I come in, you start grabbing. <laughs> yeah, I know me. I do. Did you wish uh, our mutual friend Liz Pipko a happy birthday yesterday? Uh, no, I did just see that though. Oh, you did see it. I, I saw something. It doesn't look like she's too happy about it. I know. She's like blowing weird. out the candles. Like she is one of the weirdest. I know. Females. But that's why I find her to be so fascinating Correct. and great. Yes. Like for people that complain, oh, her boys or she. You don't get it. Right. She's fascinating. She, you still discover things about her, like, long All the time, in, right? yeah. The, I don't care what she boring. looks like. It means nothing to me. Okay. I don't care. You sure nothing? means nothing. Zero? Okay, maybe a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, but that's, that's not why she's she's uh, a great guest. No, oh, she's true. only in there because she's putting I can stop it. She, I have no idea what she's going to say, unlike 99% of our guests. That's right. I have no idea what this girl is going to say. Right. Oh, I've never seen that. What is that called? Godfather? <laughs> I've never seen that. What is that? I don't. Is that What is that about? Um, <laughs> is that the mob? A, gar- a garden? And, uh, <laughs> it's and true. There's it. something to be said for unpredictability, which I always think is great. I hate guys with predictable on radio. You know I've said that for 100 years. You know that, Lou. I mean, show me guys predictable. I'll show you boring. I don't care what their ratings are, how much money they make. They're boring. Yeah. Liz Pipko's not boring. No, she's not boring. No. No. All right, we got uh, one more break, I guess. It has been a magnificent show. Uh, uh, Frankie's right. Frankie Kravitz. 1-800-848-WABC. That's the number. We'll come back and wrap things up. we got a big Wednesday coming your way, too. We'll wrap up today's races with uh, Frank Morano. Peter King will be here and a full hour at this time tomorrow with Carrie Lake. And then, of course, your Bill O'Reilly Thursday coming up after that with Bo Deedle and a host of others. Keep it right here, folks. This is the best talk show in New York City. Trust me. And we'll be back to wrap things up on a Tuesday right after this.
77. WABC. Boy. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends. How many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. No reply at all. That's been me with Mayor Eric Adams. A mother effer. I know where you live. <laughs> no reply at all. I wish you a happy Father's Day. I mean, forgetting about the city, your job, I don't care. But when somebody sends you something nice like that, you reply, Eric. Come on. I'm trying to think of a Sid. Uh, somebody help me. Come on, man. I'm the hip-hop mayor. Yeah, I know you're not. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Maybe he'll reply tomorrow. Maybe tonight. I don't know. No reply at all. Was that for that? Did you? Or I just came up with that because I'm a genius. You, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't keep up with uh, the way your uh, brain uh, synthesis know. goes. No, <laughs> I have no idea. Tomorrow's a big day on the program. We'll have uh, Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Peter King. Full hour with Carrie Lake. That's just for starters. You just never know. One never knows what's going to happen on this show. Maybe the mayor will call in. Maybe he will respond. Anyway, we're done for today. You were uh, brilliant today, Lewis, as always, and you got a great haircut. You look very handsome. More to grab for you. <laughs> yeah. Just an excellent job today. Noam Layden, great as always. I had fun. Hope you guys did, too. Serious stuff, but fun nevertheless. We're going to do it again tomorrow, God willing, as Gene says. So, until 6 a.m. on a hump day Wednesday, enjoy your day in New York City. Hopefully the rain doesn't keep Gabe off the basketball courts tonight. Wish my son Gabriel good luck. Till tomorrow at 6, everybody, from all of us to all of you. Peace! Come on! There's no reply at all.